to hello and welcome everybody to the h3 podcast today's episode is sponsored by honey and expressvpn today i am joined by mick west video game developer turned skeptical scientist is that right right yes turned skeptical scientist and debunker debunker word i like to use author of escaping the rabbit hole how to debunk conspiracy theories using facts logic and respect which is available on amazon Mm-hmm. And host of Tales from the Rabbit Hole podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. I understand you flew here from Sacramento. So were you able to confirm that the Earth is flat on that airplane? <laughs> it did look flat out of my window, but I wasn't able to measure it. You I measured ha- it? No, I have actually done that, though. I've taken a little, uh, little spirit level out, <clears throat> and you can use it to look out your airplane window. And measure the uh, the dip of the horizon. It's that easy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little fiddly because the horizon's all hazy when you're up in the mm. in the sky, but you can actually tell that the Earth is uh, a sphere from See, a plane. That's a lot easier than what these guys went through. You saw the flat Earth documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I, I'm assuming yeah, behind, those guys went through there. a lot more effort than just hopping on a plane. <laughs> yeah, well, they think that there's reasons why you know plane is uh, plane view is not correct. Like some of them think that the plane windows. Because they're curved, oh, they make the earth look <laughs> curved. Okay, they've got explanations <laughs> for everything. Yeah, you can always find excuses, but there's there's so many easy ways you can you can check this. Wasn't that I always great find though? it so funny that somehow the excuses are more believable to them <laughs> than the actual. Oh yeah, they'll they'll uh, they'll jump through any any uh, they'll do all the mental gymnastics mm-hmm. in the world. I find it wasn't it just so amazing though how they disprove themselves, continue to disprove themselves in that documentary. First with like the gyroscope. They're like, don't tell anybody. And yeah. then finally, with the uh, the laser test. Yeah, and the more the more rigorous the experiments they do, the more likely they are to disprove themselves. And then the more layers they have to put on top of that to, right. to explain they, the conspiracy. It's incredible. How how? I mean, how is it that uh, in this day and age of science, when maybe maybe almost we have too much information. It's an information overload, but it seems like the more information and science we have available, the more people are willing to look past it. Well, the flat earth has kind of come from a position that science is only real if it's something that you can verify yourself, Mm -hmm. which is not entirely unreasonable position to come from. You think, like, why should I trust all these scientists? Why Mm -hmm. should I trust hundreds of years of history and uh, all these books and what they taught me in school? But then they think that they should be able to figure out for themselves what the shape of the earth is but they kind of overestimate their abilities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the reason we have all these scientists figuring things out is that some of the stuff is actually fairly complicated mm-hmm. some of the stuff right. like you know how much of the horizon dip when you go up it doesn't actually dip very much it's only something like two degrees or so and they they kind of expect it in you know from their their feeling about the the earth that it would be this huge curved visible right. plane but if you do the math, which a lot of them don't do, then you can see it's not very much. So they don't trust scientists. They trust themselves, but they don't really, they're not really able to follow through on it. Interesting. And, um, <clears throat> well, let me ask you this first before we get too deep into this. What, you, you've committed your life to, so far, I mean, you were, you were a successful <laughs> video game developer. I was. You uh, retired, and you went into, became a debunker. So why why is this something that's so important to you? 
initially, I wouldn't say it was super important to me. It was just something I did for fun. I really enjoyed doing it. I like like investigating stuff, looking mm. at stuff, and I was always really into like uh, like ghosts and UFOs <laughs> and stuff when I was a kid, mm. uh, and even into my teens. And I was, you were a believer at one point. Yeah, I wasn't. I would say I was a believer, but I just found the whole subject really fascinating. Mm. Things like spontaneous human combustion. Mm. And it's like these, these mysteries. How do they actually happen? And just when I got older, I started getting into the science. Mm. And I started reading lots of popular science books. And that's really the combination of those two things kind of led to my interest in essentially, you know, debunking conspiracy <laughs> theories. You can figure out why spontaneous human combustion actually happens and why they find, you know, bodies burnt in, in rooms. And you can figure out what people are seeing when they're seeing UFOs. Like I do a lot of UFO video analysis and things like that. So I, I just really enjoy figuring stuff out. But I do feel like it's become an important thing to do. Because I think, yeah, false conspiracy theories uh, can actually hurt people, and they're bad, uh, bad for society, bad for everybody. If mm. everybody's like, you know, acting on the basis of these things that are false, <clears throat> right. then it's uh, it's not good. So I feel I'm doing some good, and I'm also helping individual people who get stuck down the rabbit hole. Have you have you found that you've actually been able to uh, bring people out of the rabbit hole? Because I know it seems like. I mean, you can see from the documentary, people are willing to delude themselves pretty much mm -hmm. to a never-ending degree. Yeah, definitely. And yes, you can bring people up the rabbit <coughs> hole. And there's been people that I've talked to in the past who are now no longer down mm. the rabbit hole. And, you know, they say in part that's because of, you know, because you talked to me or because you showed me this information. But for everybody, it's usually quite a long journey. You, know, you talk to a friend who believes in some, you know, conspiracy theory like chemtrails or 9-11 being an inside job or a controlled demolition. And even if you show them a few things, you know, show them where they're wrong, they're not going to like flip their opinion mm. straight away. Yeah. yeah. And they might not even do it like in the next few months. Uh, and it can, some, some people it can take years. There's a guy in the book that uh, I interviewed and for him, it was, it was like, it was many years between him falling for the chemtrail conspiracy theory and then eventually figuring out that it was wrong. So you, you, I'd say that there certainly is hope for everybody, no matter how far gone they seem, because some of these people were really, you know, totally all the way down the rabbit hole. They were believing in, like, you know, aliens and shapeshifters and things like that. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, by the way, you can, if you speak directly into the mic, that's helpful. You can move it so you kind of like, right. yeah, yeah, you can angle it. And I find that it's almost like uh, when people get this kind of paranoid thinking, it's like you, 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 you mostly will buy one, if you buy one, you buy more than one. Yeah. It's kind of a, a, a paranoid thinking. But so when you pull people out of this rabbit hole, do you find that it has positive consequences on other aspects of their life? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it really, it strips away the negative consequences that people mm. have in their life. Like they're living in fear a lot of the time. Right. And they feel, so a lot of them tell me that it feels like a great weight has been lifted off mm. them when they finally figure out that these things were not true. Because they were living under the, uh, you know, the idea that the government is this powerful evil entity that does all these plots and controls everything and everything you see in the media is false and mm. you know, some of them even believe that the it's exhausting. government yeah. is targeting them personally and when they eventually figure it out you know, a lot of them they don't you know they don't come entirely out of the rabbit hole but they they lose their their greatest uh, fears when they think you know they find out that chemtrails are not poison being sprayed in the sky and they figure out that 9-11 was you know just al-qaeda uh, and then it allows them to focus on other things mm. 
So, okay, here's what I want to do. Um, before we get into some of the more popular conspiracies, I thought it'd be interesting place to start with proven conspiracies mm -hmm. because I, I I do I want to acknowledge on one hand that there are such thing as real uh, conspiracies, um, and I think the existence of some of these helps fuels it helps fuels uh, the paranoia in people's minds of being like, well, that was true, yeah. so this can be true too. So I want to go over some of the more more notable ones and get your take on it. Maybe you can clarify, but, but like, for example, MKUltra, I'm sure you're aware of, the CIA was testing LSD on unknown participants to see if they could make Soviet spies defect against their will, or if the Soviets could do that to CIA agents who were captured. That was the goal. Yeah. And uh, the, C the CIA was administering LSD to people without their consent or knowledge to study the effect. Um... They even at times set up fake brothels and lured men in from the general public and then dosed them with LSD and experimented on them. The reason it being a brothel is because they figured they'd be too embarrassed to talk about it after, afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. In one case, they administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 days. Uh, several people died as a result of MKUltra, most notably Frank Olson, a CIA employee, one of their own, who was covertly dosed with LSD held for study, and then six days later committed suicide uh, when somebody wasn't properly uh, supervising him. He jumped out the window. So this is the kind of thing that you look and you say, oh, God, the government's capable of that. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, they're capable of, you know, chemtrails. Yeah, I think you got to look at the actual scale of things and also look at the historical context. I mean, this was back in, what was it, the 60s? Yes. Uh, that it happened. Uh, and, you know, it's the height of, Cold War. Right. Uh, there's lots of fears about things. There, was, there were other things as well, similar to that. Like they, they tested the dispersion of biological weapons and chemical mm -hmm. weapons by by spraying them in places. Mm -hmm. But when they did it, they weren't doing it with the intent of harming people or trying to, uh, you know, actually infect people. They they were just trying to see, in a safe way, what the effects would be. Now that that what you're talking about there sounds uh, pretty bad. Like especially, you know, using mental patients. I don't know exactly how accurate that is, but the the story about uh, Frank Olson, that's true. And there's some suspicion that he was actually thrown out of the window hmm. rather than jumped because he was becoming uh, very erratic hmm. after he um, you know, was involved in this study. And he, he kind of knew afterwards what had happened, but hmm. the, the, he was acting very strangely and they thought he was going to blow the whole cover and or talk to the Russians wow. about it or something like that and so there's some suspicion that he might actually have been thrown out the window so, which is a conspiracy theory yeah that's a conspiracy, conspiracy theory in the conspiracy. so do you when you hear something like that are you do you think it's credible when you hear like oh well I mean in the in the scope of what it was sure why why wouldn't it be credible mm -hmm. well you got these think, were criminals yeah, yeah but uh, the chemtrails conspiracy theory is on such a completely different scale. The idea that sure. all the planes that we see Across in the sky the uh, for the last you know, 70 plus years, well, no, say, since the 70s, say, have been <coughs> spraying us with some kind of uh, chemical uh, and, that, and no one's ever come forward to right. you know, say that. Or simply. Or some, no one's figured it out. Yeah, figured And all the out. evidence that people give for this thing is, is completely ridiculous. Like, the fact that the CIA did bad things in the 60s and 70s, you know, everybody and everybody knows that the CIA was like a, almost like a rogue organization, and they did a lot mm. of a lot of bad things. They did false flag operations in foreign countries. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, you know, yes, we know they did these things, but compare like with like. Don't just say like you know they dosed some people 
that means they're dosing people now. They did some controlled experiments that were like very limited in scope on a small number of people, most of whom were actually uh, uh, volunteers. And then they did some some stuff that uh, was very immoral and it wouldn't obviously didn't pass, pass the clinical test standards. But it's a completely different thing from everybody in the United States is being sprayed with uh, something poisonous. The scale, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, obviously, that was a small scale thing. Did the CIA come forward with that information, or was that something that was unveiled through investigative work? The uh, the MK Ultra, they yeah. yeah, they had house hearings on it that kind of forced them to release the information. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just been a uh, a big info dump of uh, uh, documents being released, FOIA uh, documents, uh, on a site called the Black Vault. The guy just got like thousands of pages of documents today. Like all the stuff on oh, wow. Ultra. This was just I just saw a tweet this morning. So wow. it's going to be interesting. Yeah, if anything new comes out, right? Um, but I wanted to follow up just to kind of show, like, uh, kind of what the the government is capable of doing in a case like this. Um, after he committed suicide or was murdered, possibly the U.S. government first described it as a suicide, then as a misadventure. So they they're. Um, they're removing the blame from themselves, in, mm-hmm. in effect, and nobody really knows. Another one that that was just absolutely insane, I think you alluded to, was radiation testing on the U.S. public during the Cold War. Yeah. Which is like, for, for example, in San Francisco, they would uh, pepper in radioactive activity into the rolling um, fog. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was actually radioactive, though. There's a thing called zinc, says, zinc cadmium sulfate. Yes. Which is the thing they use, which isn't really radioactive. It's, it's fluorescent, which mm. means, you know, if you shine a, an infrared light on it, no, an ultraviolet light on it, it will glow. So mm. it's a thing that you can, you can track very easily. And the reason they used it wasn't to see how well radioactive stuff spread. It was to see how well, excuse me, how well uh, powder spread. Mm. Because they figured, you know, the, the Russians or whoever would be like, you know, spraying stuff uh, into the air. Mm. How much of San Francisco or whatever would it actually... Uh, get through. Mm. And to do that, they needed something that they could detect very easily. Mm. So they used this uh, ZCS in cadmium sulfate, which they thought was perfectly safe mm. mm-hmm. at the time. It's not like some strange radioactive stuff. It's just stuff that you know glows in the dark when you mm-hmm. when you shine a light on it. So they could they could detect it very easily. I don't know what they had like a little little detector of glowing specks or something. But it was that's why they used that. I see. So they thought it was safe, but it wasn't because I, I had. I had read that somebody, there was cases of known cancer as a result. No, the thing about, you know, people say there were cases of cancer from things. You can always find some kind of correlation between any one thing and cancer. Like if you live near power lines, people will say you can find a correlation between living near power lines. There's always going to be like hotspots here and there. Mm. There's always going to be some people who attribute their cancer to something. There's no real proven proven correlation between this release of zinc cadmium sulfate and and that and it's something that's pretty safe i mean you wouldn't want to be eating teaspoons of it Mm. uh but a little bit of it sprayed in the air probably wasn't going to hurt anybody i think they likened it to like the effects of uh one secondhand smoke like being Mm. in a room with somebody whilst they smoked a cigarette or like less than that Mm. like a fraction of that here's a big one that we all take for granted the nsa surveillance Mm-hmm. The scope of that before it was leaked uh, was something that none of us could have ever imagined what was taking place. Um, so I think the existence of that is probably a fuel to the fire of a lot of conspiracy theorists that um, 
the U.S. government spying on citizens of pretty much of all level of detail. In fact, this is, this is one of my favorite anecdotes that Snowden revealed. He says, in the course of their daily work, they stumbled across something that was completely unrelated to the work. For example, an intimate nude photo of someone in a sexually compromising situation, situation or, but they're extremely attractive. He said, what do they do? They turn around in their chair and show it to their coworker, and their coworker would say, hey, that's great. Send it to Bill down the way. They considered it perks yeah. of their job. Yeah, that's terrible as well. It's, uh, the, the NSA, you know, the government spying on American citizens, like they do as much as they can get away with. Sure. Uh, they want to have as much information as they can. Mm -hmm. uh, they're constrained by the law, but they're also constrained by how much the law is enforced. Like They're supposed to get FISA warrants right. uh, mm -hmm. for, for people, but they, they can have sealed warrants. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the stuff that was revealed was stuff like the, the metadata for phone calls. Like they would record every single phone call you made, uh, not necessarily record the actual voice, mm. but you know, they do have the capability of recording all the voice and looking at it later, which is something that they that they're arguing that they can use that to get around uh, the you know, the laws against recording because if mm. no one listens to it, right, it's just it's a just temporary a buffer mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Then uh, um, yeah, so you know, I wouldn't trust the NSA. Oh yeah, I I, I don't trust the government. I mean, I, I I don't think people should trust the government. Interesting. And uh, I think that you know when you hear about things like that and the Snowden's uh, revelations, you know that's something that we need to you know look at and we need to have checks and balances in place and we need to actually work to try to stop things uh, like that happening. So where does a healthy distrust of the government end and an unhealthy distrust of the government begin? Well, it's when you start believing things that really aren't backed up by the evidence, mm. when it's just kind of a suspicion of something, and the thing you're suspicious of is something that is very outlandish and uh, would require a very, very large operation. Like, mm. for example, the buildings that collapsed on 9-11. Uh, some people say that they were rigged with explosives so that they would collapse from explosives after the planes had hit them. Now, that isn't backed up really by any evidence at all. People say there's evidence, but when you look at the evidence they present, it's really, really bad, terrible evidence. And the theory itself doesn't really make any sense. You, you had planes fly into the buildings, uh, big hole in them, huge fires that went on for, for hours, and then the buildings collapsed from the fire, and you know, everybody in the engineering community lays, you know, they collapsed because of the fire. Mm -hmm. So now you've got these other people coming along, and they're saying, oh, no, it was explosives. Mm. And it, it must have been explosive because it looked really weird, like the mm. collapse looked really weird. Mm. Uh, but there isn't really any strong evidence for it. So you're coming up with a, a you know, distrust of the government, but it's, it's, it's a ridiculous mm. thing. And it's, it's fair enough saying like, you know, the, the government does evil things. Uh, people in the government do evil things. Uh, and the government is lying to the people a lot of the time. You know, most of the stuff you're seeing coming out of the, the White House is PR, essentially. It isn't really just them trying to let you know stuff. And that's, that's good. You should actually have that distrust of the, of the government. But it doesn't mean that every anti-government theory is automatically true. Mm. You have to actually look at, is this theory actually a viable mm. theory? Mm. Right. There's... there's um one more. You know, this one, I thought, I think a lot of people hold this to be true. I certainly did. But when I started looking into it, it seems that reports of it are very contested, that the CIA was trafficking 
uh, crack and cocaine in the 80s to help fund some of their campaigns, and they were largely responsible for the crack epidemic in, in uh, black neighborhoods. Yeah, that's kind of a multi-layered one, really. Like, the people, you know, they said they were selling drugs for guns mm -hmm. uh, or drugs for whatever they were doing to finance their operations, which, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's true. Well, there's, it, there's, there's evidence. Apparently, that, uh, in 1986, a spokesman acknowledged that funds from sales of cocaine smuggled into the U.S., had helped fund the Contra rebels, but said that smuggling was not authorized by the U.S. government or resistance leaders. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not really familiar with that one, so I couldn't mm. tell you. Okay. But then there's the broader conspiracy there that they deliberately sell, sold crack in black neighborhoods yes. to, uh, you know, keep... Impoverish them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just keep keep black people poor, essentially, yeah. which is, uh, you know, obviously a, a pretty serious pretty conspiracy yeah. theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know if there's any real evidence behind that you know they would sell it in neighborhoods where uh crack had been sold before i would imagine yeah but, sure uh, i don't know if they had any kind of conscious pushing it into certain mm. neighborhoods well let me ask you this are there any proven uh confirmed conspiracy theories that uh are favorites of yours that come to mind well you know there's this there's very obvious conspiracy theories that uh that are true uh, conspiracies that were true like uh, Richard Nixon lying about <coughs> Watergate. Right. You know, we all know what happened now. We in great detail. We know exactly what happened. Right. And but at the time he was denying it, and half the country thought that uh, he wasn't lying. Mm -hmm. If you did, they did surveys at the time. Do you trust Nixon on on the Watergate issue? And they they believed him, and that mm. you know turned out to be you know, the conspiracy there was true. Um, but I think there's a huge range of conspiracies that happen all the time. You know, we live in a country, we're in a world where you know, there's a lot of corruption. Mm. There's a lot of corruption and there's a lot of graft. There's a lot of like, you know, you pat my back, I'll pat yours. Or, you know, you'll do something for you, you do something for me, favors. Uh, people conspire to do things. And the one I always come back to is just simply uh, politicians doing things for industry, essentially the military industrial complex mm. that we have. We have the, uh, uh, the government makes regulations Industry uh, doesn't like regulations or will prefer certain regulations. So industry lobbies the government to try to get the regulations a certain way. They don't just lobby though. They give campaign contributions mm. to politicians. Mm -hmm. They give gifts to politicians. And at some point it kind of steps over the line from giving these gifts to actual essentially bribery. And people are being convicted for this. Mm. It's not really you know, a conspiracy theory that it happens. We don't know exactly who's doing it mm. until they get caught. But we know that this is actually happening. We know that industry is essentially buying Congress to mm -hmm. make favorable regulations for them. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of very serious conspiracy that I think that people would be much better off focusing on. I mean, that's right, true. yeah. I mean, the consequence of that is as big as anything else that uh, the people are paranoid oh, yeah. about, you know? Yeah, and another of my favorites along those lines is the prison industrial complex. Mm. Uh, prisons, you know, for for-profit prisons, they're trying to make money. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so they will lobby the government for regulations and laws that will make them more money, which means they do things like trying to increase mandatory minimum sentences. Mm. And so they're essentially bribing politicians to like boost the laws, uh, boost the sentencing laws, so people have to spend more time in jail for 
you know, essentially harmless offenses. Some of, a lot of them are just like weed drug offenses. Yeah, yeah, weed. Nonviolent. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a, that's that, another great one, I think. Yeah, the fact that prison is related with profit just seems so well, wrong. They, there's more prisoners in the United States than any other country, including, you know, China with billions of people. Or are, the stat is like... Yeah, per capita, per, I think. One uh, percent yeah. of the U.S. population is in prison, is that right? Yes. Or about? Yes, it is. About, I mean, that's, so that's staggering. three million people. That is absolutely in, in staggering. Prison. And it's just this kind of constant thing and it really you know it took off with the the war on drugs mm. so a lot of these people are just essentially drug offenders but then they don't really have a very good support system so you get them going to jail and they're coming out and then they they get some other petty offense and now they're in the three strike system so they right. go back for another 20 years yeah. or something so. meanwhile they're all opioids are being prescribed to everyone you know so right. the real war yeah. on drugs is I mean that's like another not conspiracy even... right by by pharmaceutical companies to get people addicted to the right. drugs yeah uh I, is it a conspiracy theory it's not really a conspiracy a, theory it's just a fact they're trying to sell their drugs yeah. and they want people and, to get them so it's, they... it's up to the government right to, mm-hmm. to regulate them and it's them to sell as much drugs as possible yeah if you see a commercial on tv that essentially is this drug company trying to persuade you that you need their drug. <laughs> so many drug commercials, too. Isn't yeah. it just terrifying? Yeah, and it really it should be just, you know, your doctor should tell you if you yeah. actually need it, not you. Say, and hey, doctor, i got to have this drug. They go, yeah. talk to your doctor about this new drug. Yeah. And yeah. is the doctor, I mean, how corrupt is the doctor profession where you can come to them and say, I saw this commercial and I want to try this drug. And the doctor is more persuaded by that than uh, what you may actually need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, it's it's a messed up system. And I think in, in other countries they don't allow no. uh, adverts like that. I mean, TV. coming from Israel, I remember being really shocked when I saw the commercial break and how much of it was for drugs. Daytime telly, it's like fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Like in Israel, I think all you would see is kind of like uh, Advil, you know, something for headache. Over the counter. Over the counter kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that that those are that's a great point you bring up. I think it's it's something that a lot of people should bear in mind is like, you know, you can spend all day thinking about chemtrails and uh, anti-vax and 9/11, but ultimately you have one percent of the population in prison. You've got an incredible amounts of corruption and in, in, in our government, and um, that's that's more harmful than even even if their conspiracies were true. I feel like that's inflicting more harm on the. Uh, on the populace. Yeah, uh, to a, a large degree, yeah. I mean, if you think about 9-11, sure. If 9-11 was, was true that it was a conspiracy by the U.S. government, obviously that would be a huge, terrible thing. Uh, but it's not actually affecting that many people right now. It's yeah. something that happened for uh, and was used for propaganda purposes. And I think it, you know, it was just as it appears to be, and it's not an actual conspiracy by the government. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it was, you know, why, why, how, is, how is your activism in 9-11 going to help yeah, right. uh, help the world. Make it, it won't. It won't really yeah. affect anything. But well, we're we're coming up on our. We take a break at thirty minutes, and now now I want to get into these kind of what I call um, contested conspiracy theories, the juicy, juicy ones, and we can talk about the the details of those. You know, Bob Bob Lazor, mm-hmm. who was really amplified big time. Joe Rogan had him on his podcast. He had seven point six million views, largely. Um, persuasive of, of people who watch that I want to talk about Epstein that's just I mean even someone who me like me who is very not um, prone to conspiratorial thinking 
is the Epstein thing. It makes you wonder, right? I mean, sure. So let's get into all that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. You guys know how it is. We'll be right back with Mick West. Stay tuned. Ela, if you're shopping online without honey, then you are lose, literally losing hundreds of dollars every month True. in savings. And I don't want to see you do that because, frankly, we share bank accounts. We, are, we share money. And, Ela, if you're not using honey, you're losing me money. Ultimately, I want to share that insight with you guys. What is honey? Honey is a plugin that shops while you shop for the best coupon available. So let's say, oh, I'm on Best Buy, and I want to buy a computer. Well, what's going to happen at checkout is Honey's going to scan the internet for all the best codes available and apply the one automatically that's going to get you the biggest discount. It's free, it's easy to install in two clicks, and it's basically like your old cheap dad who sits by the fire every night clipping coupons, not paying attention to you, more focused on saving that $20 than ra- giving you a proper upbringing. It's like that, <laughs> except you're not neglected as a child, and you don't have to live with the shame of actually sitting and clipping coupons. It's a w- <laughs> it's honey. Here, for example, Elo bought some tools for Teddy Fresh for designing Pantone books. We literally saved... $758. It was super expensive, these books. It cost 7580 bucks. And with Honey, it were, they were able to find a coupon that saved us 750 bucks. Are you kidding me? But that's not the only time. Honey continues to save me money, continues to impress me. It's so easy to install. The average Honey user saves $126 a year. That's like 126 freaking tacos, dude. That's like a thousand bubble gums. There's no reason not there's no reason at all not to try honey. It's free. It's so easy to install in just two clicks. You're gonna save money. You're gonna treat yourself to something nice, guys. Just give it a shot. Join for free at joinhoney.com slash h3. That's joinhoney.com slash h3. Get it popping. Get it rolling. Start saving and forget about it. you believe you're not being snooped on or that nobody cares about your online data, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're wrong. Because you listen to my show, you're clearly smart enough to understand that your privacy is under attack. Hackers, government, ad companies, and ISPCs are are all gobbling up your data. (laughs) Like all of it. That's why I recommend getting the software that I trust to protect my online activity. ExpressVPN! Can we get, like, flamed? <laughs> when I say that, I'm lightning. Their apps use powerful encryption to secure your data. ExpressVPN! Runs in the background of your computer or phone. And then you use the internet just like you normally would. You download the app, click to connect, and voila! You're protected! Tempted, tempted. <laughs> I never go online without ExpressVPN! And you shouldn't either. <laughs> ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN that ever has ever been created. And it costs less than $7 per month. And it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee! D, D, D. ExpressVPN uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there's no logs of what you do online. It's time to stop hackers, big brother, the internet companies from gobbling up your data. Take back your online privacy like I did with ExpressVPN. Right now, protect your online activity today and find out how you could get three months for free. 
YouTube at expressvpn.com slash h3. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash h3 for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash h3 to learn more, 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 more. We are back with Mick West. You can get his book on Amazon, Escaping the Rabbit Hole, and you can check him out. His podcast is Tales from the Rabbit Hole podcast. Um, you know, Dan just checked the the fa- the stats. There are more people in prison in America than the entire rest of the world combined. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And we have like a quarter of the population of China. Right. So. That is so amazing. India, China. I mean, I mean, that's <laughs> what do you say about that? I mean, what what are we talking? Sometimes I hear stuff like that, and I'm like, why are we talking about chemtrails? Right. There's uh, right. more people in prison in America than the rest of the world combined. There's three million people whose you know lives have been ruined. A lot of them, through their own fault, obviously. But a lot of those people who are in in prison, you know, they don't need to be there. Yeah. I well, I think of my, you know, I think of back on my own life. I'm like, if any of many of us, almost all of us, could in the right place and time or the wrong place and time be one of those people you know i've done stupid things and i've walked around doing do, you know breaking the law and there's just it could have happened to any of us in the wrong place in the wrong time so well regardless of that let's 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 go on to the um the juicy stuff shall we all right <laughs> so my first question for you is can fire melt steel beams <laughs> no, it can't. It huh? can't melt huh? steel beams. So they're it, right. It can soften them enough to uh, let them bend. <laughs> mm. Like if there was a fire in a room and there's a steel beam on the roof, usually what will happen is the steel beam will sag down. Mm. And that, yeah, if you have enough of a fire and enough of the structure is compromised, especially in something like the World Trade Center where the structure on one floor is supporting the structure of everything above it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you weaken that structure, you've got this huge weight pressing down on these beams and these columns and enough of them enough of them bend, then you're going to eventually get a collapse. That's what the commission found. And it seems like such a great um, explanation, too, for, for like what you saw, the way that the building collapsed. It seems to really explain what happened, yet it's not enough. Yeah, well, it's because it's actually quite complicated what happened. Like we, we're talking about the fire melting steel beams, and uh, people say, why did the entire building collapse if the fire was only at the top? Mm. You know, the, the 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 building below wasn't damaged at all; it was completely undamaged. So, what's the explanation for that? And the thing is, the NIST, who did the actual investigation into it, they never really addressed that. Mm. Mm. They never really addressed in depth why the buildings fell as, as quickly as they did. Mm. What they did say was as soon as the building started to collapse, there was no way of stopping it and it just fell through itself basically. basically. But because they didn't do a detailed explanation of that, that's allowed people to mm. come up with conspiracy theories and they will say you know, that it, there had to be some other mechanism on top of the fire to cause this collapse because they don't understand how it actually collapsed mm. because it's quite complicated. Mm. So you're saying they note that the commission didn't fully understand how it happened or the conspiracy theorists don't understand? No, the commission, from their perspective, it wasn't the commission that 9-11 commission was actually investigated, like the hijackings and things oh. like that, not so much the collapses. It was the NIST report that did the uh, the investigation. 
the National Institute of Science, Standards and Technology, hmm. or Science and Technology, anyway. So they investigated the collapse up to the point where the top started to fall. Right. So they said which core columns were severed when the planes hit, how much did the how, how much did the fires burn, what damage did the fires do, you know, how, how would they soften columns, how would the building start to sag, the top would start to lean to one side, mm. and at some point uh, there wasn't <coughs> enough support to keep, keep the upper floors up, and it started to fall. And then they said at that point, you know, collapse was inevitable, that, that everything would just collapse. So they but didn't they detail just, it, yeah. but they knew. You know, there are a whole bunch of scientists and engineers there. They knew that once the top started to fall, it would mm. just go all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. It was it was obvious. Mm. Uh, but they didn't ex really explicitly explain what was happening or why it was so fast. And there's, there's fairly, it's, it's a reasonably simple explanation as to why it happened. The building kind of, uh, a simple analogy would be a zipper. Uh, and that you've got something that's very strong. You can't pull apart a zipper sideways. It's quite strong. But if mm. you just you know, pull a zipper down, each thing comes apart mm. you know, one, one tooth at a time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what happened with the World Trade Center. Mm. Uh, the, the outside of the building is attached to the, the core of the building via the floors, which are very long. Mm. And the floors themselves are only designed to support the people walking around on them and their own weight plus a safety margin. The floors are not structural elements mm. in terms of supporting a vertical load. Mm -hmm. So if something falls down on the floor, it's very easy for it to like, you know, strip the floor away from the columns. Mm. And you've got all these floors all the way around uh, linking, this, linking the core to the outside. And once you've got a falling mass of you know, girders, which weigh hundreds of tons each, falling down from, you know, the first, the first drop was only one floor, so they're falling down, say, 13 feet. Uh, the next one is 26. It's falling down 26, so it's accelerated even further. So you, you can imagine if you drop a 20-ton a steel girder on top of something from even just, like, 30 feet. Mm. It's going to pretty much destroy whatever was underneath it. Mm. And you've got hundreds of these things, if not thousands of them, falling all at mm. once, and the, the whole building's disintegrating. It's falling to pieces. It's like dropping a huge, you know, huge bag of boulders on top of it. Mm. So it strips away all these floors from the columns. The columns are unsupported. You see the walls, the exterior walls kind of peeling away, mm. almost like a banana peeling away and these sections falling off. It's because they're not attached to the core anymore and they've got this huge mass inside. Mm. Yeah. The core itself is a lot stronger than the exterior walls. It's got mm. these, these very thick columns. Some of them had like two inch thick steel mm. up there and the four inches thick at the bottom. Uh, they, that actually stands a bit longer. And you see this if you watch the videos carefully. You will see uh, bits of the core remaining mm. whilst the collapse is happening. And you mm. see it poking up through the cloud of dust because the floors have been stripped away, the, the, the outside walls are falling away, mm. uh, but the core is still kind of standing for a while. And it stands for a, bit, a little bit longer, but eventually like it, it succumbs to it. And in, in both buildings, when the collapse wave of the, the building, you, know, you saw that thing going all the way down the building, when that reached the bottom, half of the core was actually still standing. Mm. The building starts like this, you know, full height. Half of it is still standing and all the things are stripped away. And you see it in some photos. It's a thing they, they describe it as the spire. It looks kind of like this spindly spire, but it's really half the height of the building that got stripped away, uh, which kind of demonstrates what the mechanism was. Mm. So there is actually an explanation why it fell as fast as it did. It fell through the floors. It didn't fall through the columns. Mm -hmm. Columns are the strong things. It's really hard to fall through a column. Mm 
Mm. But you fall past the columns, stripping away all the support. The columns are now unsupported from the sides. Very easy to bend something when it's mm. not supported mm. from the sides. Yeah. That all collapses. Mm. So there's an explanation there. People just don't uh, don't like to listen I to it. I think it's just, it, it's so spectacular. Oh, yeah. What happened? That Not just one. One was, was, uh, was incredible. Two was just, like, overwhelming, right? And so I think just the sheer destruction and chance of it of it happening like that it looks it was it's in, hard to believe it was frankly. incomprehensible to yeah. look at i remember hearing about it i was driving to work i was on the four or five uh and i'd heard on the radio like someone talking about you know washington being attacked and i thought i'm, I'm listening to some play or something mm. and then I, I tried changing the channels and it was the same thing on there and then someone said a plane flew into the world trade center and i'm on the phone to my wife at the moment uh, uh, whilst this is going on and it's giving me chills just thinking about it. Like, yeah. uh, and then I heard them say, one of the towers has collapsed. Yeah. And I was like... How can that be? It was, yeah. Just, yeah. It was just... But then uh, another one. Yeah, and then... Right. And I, so I said, I was relating this to my wife. I was like, one of the towers has collapsed. Yeah. And then, the other one has collapsed. Yeah. I had no idea what I was... Yeah. It was just, you, your brain can't wrap around it. And I think if you saw it on TV as well, that's going to be yeah. even more so. It's just this, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. This yeah. huge... Explosion looking thing falling. I down. saw the second one hit the building on TV. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I saw that too. Um so that so there's other so the other aspect of conspiratorial thinking around that is the building seven issue, which was yeah. a satellite building of the World Trade Center, right? It was yeah. a smaller uh, associated yeah. building. It was about half the height of uh, the World Trade Center towers. It also collapsed. It did also collapse, yeah. It was it's about it was about one block to the north, well, not a block, not a city block. It was one building away from uh, the North Tower. The North Tower is the one with the antenna on. Did any other buildings collapse? Uh, there were buildings that were essentially so destroyed, you might as well call them collapsed, but, so but is, they didn't. Isn't it so coincidental that the three buildings that collapsed, yeah. now you're talking about a separate building, Yeah. was the world another World Trade Center building? Well, the entire complex was essentially World Trade Center. This one was just you know, a bit off to the side. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reason it collapsed was essentially that the North Tower, Tower One, fell against it. Mm -hmm. You had this 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 tower, you know, this uh, what is thirteen hundred foot tower, and uh, you just I think like six hundred feet away, you've got the World Trade Center uh, Seven, Building mm -hmm. Seven, and the entire th south face of that building is facing the World Trade Center, which is just like you know, a few hundred feet away. Mm. And then there's this enormous collapse with like stuff going everywhere, mm. uh, you know, huge clouds of debris and there's girders flying off. And a lot of that hit the, the World Trade Center 7 and it damaged it quite a bit. There was actually like a large chunk taken out of one corner, mm. uh, the southwest corner. And then there was like what looked like a, a whole line, uh, perhaps one whole column had been destroyed. It's hard to sell with the smoke on that side. Loads and loads of damage to the windows. So it was very easy for fires to get started. You know, there's burning debris coming down, fires get started throughout the building. Mm. Uh, several floors were on fire, at least like four or five floors uh, were fully engulfed in fire all the way across. Other floors had various fires here and there. You look at the south side of the building, a lot of the times the conspiracy theorists will just show you the, show you the north side of the building mm. because most of the people at that time were on the north looking south mm. because that's where the safe area was you know people went north on the island uh so they show you the south side the north side of the building which looks relatively undamaged right but the south side is completely engulfed 
in smoke. You can't tell how much fire there is, but it's the smoke everywhere. And you can see damage. You can see this huge gouge that mm. has been taken out of the corner. And the fires basically were unfought for many hours. Right. I, I had heard that firefighters were in Building 7, but they were actually had, had decided a, a, of an act of triage to abandon Building 7 and just let it burn. So they yeah. had to focus on the main towers. Yeah, and there, there were reports throughout the day that people thought it was going to collapse. <laughs> and people thought that because they could they could hear the building shifting. Right. Uh, and they could, some people said they saw like a bulge in the, in the side of the building. And then you know, there's one famous clip of a firefighter saying it's going to collapse. There's no mm. way it couldn't collapse. Mm. Mm. So you have all that. But then it's like you just see one dude on the street. Like you remember Loose Change? That was like, mm-hmm. he, I remember I was in high school watching that. And it was it was almost like the cool. Uh, it was like kind of hip to be a nine eleven conspiracy theorist, because you were just. It, it made you feel kind of like inside and cool and intelligent yeah. and and. Uh, but what this documentary shows and a lot of what you see is some guy on the street near the near the tower saying like, "Oh, it sounded like a expo- like a demolition." Mm. Or I saw demolition mm-hmm. or a couple of first-hand accounts, but that versus all of the, you know Official data and yeah. the footage and the accounts and that's it. That's all it takes. It does. Yeah, people The thing is it, it didn't sound like a demolition. It didn't look like a demolition for a start the the, the twin towers Being destroyed from the top down. Mm. Right. There's no demolition using explosives that does that it, They would they would trigger yeah. it at the bottom. They would do it at the bottom. Yeah, and then it would yeah, yeah. we'll start from the uh, bottom. Yeah, and the World Trade Center 7, that looks more like a, a, a demolition than it comes fairly straight down. But the huge difference between that and a regular demolition is that there weren't these loud bangs. Mm. If you listen to right. actual controlled demolitions, right. it's incredibly loud. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. And then bang, bang, bang. Like even loud, like yeah, the super, super loud bangs, mm. which you can hear from a mile away mm-hmm. and would be would have been recorded by but the people. But it's like rhythmic there. and it's... And it's uh, timed, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them. Yeah, or yeah, they if they they can do it with one at once, but they generally don't. But if there was just one, it would be an enormously loud yeah. uh, bang. So you don't hear that. So you, saying it's like a controlled demolition, yeah, it superficially looks like one. The building comes down. Mm-hmm. But so could, I mean, people who de- demolish buildings use the same principle of physics. Yeah, they use to gravity. to have the building destroy itself under mm-hmm. gravity, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, it doesn't help also kind of when you look back on the politics surrounding 9-11, it's like all of a sudden we're attacked by Al-Qaeda and the government is like, oh, we need to go into Iraq. Yeah. So again, the government, I feel like fuels this conspiracy by, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. What is, what did Iraq do? Yeah. You know? The, it was exploited. They exploited the event. Now... They, you know, essentially benefited from it in that it furthered their you know, geopolitical goals mm. in some ways. But uh, just because that happened, it doesn't mean that they actually did it. Sure. It just means they took advantage They're of like, it. They're like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you find a wallet on the street, it doesn't mean that you stole the wallet from somebody. It just means you've just found it and you've mm. taken it. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you, you know, if there was a murder and there was something lying around and you take it, it doesn't mean you killed the guy. Mm. You're just exploiting the situation, and that's what right. happened with the government. <laughs> um, all right. 9-11, you know, I, you had tweeted something interesting before we move on. You had tweeted that 9-11 is, here, here it is on the TV, um, fading away. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Yeah, interesting 9-11. This is, this is the Google Trends uh, chart, and there was this huge peak back in September 2006, which I think was the time of the, the NIST report being released mm. uh, for the towers collapse, and so it was like the heyday of people criticizing the government. Uh, but then every year you see a peak, and every year, pretty much, it gets less and less, and now... Really it's, nothing, it's, eh? It's, it's almost nothing. There's probably going to be a peak, uh, a, a slightly bigger peak this year, because there's uh, the Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth... Hmm. This uh, this big truther organization, they actually paid the University of Alaska like three hundred and forty thousand dollars to do a study on wow. Building Seven. They have that much funds to. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. guess people donate. They're, yeah, they're they're a pretty big organization. I think wow. they they take in like a million dollars a year, and they've got like see again, it's like on full time pay there. Oh, they have full time employees and everything. That's that, again, we go back to this issue of like. We Why have focus more prisoners yeah. than anywhere in the world. That's a stat that is in- undisputable. Well, I, I would say you could do both if this was a real thing, hmm. but I don't think it is. I don't think it is a real thing, <laughs> so I think they're wasting their time. Well, I, I wouldn't like fault people from doing things that they think to be true and pursuing something. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, really, after all these years, nothing has really changed. No new evidence has come forward. That's true. And mm-hmm. we should have been able to figure it out by now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Instead, we've just got the same bits of nonsense evidence being recycled over and over again. Mm-hmm. People you know, saying, oh, it fell faster than free fall, or things like that, when they're just ignoring the actual explanation as for why it can fall, uh, not faster than free fall, but at near free fall yeah. speed right. accelerations. Uh, so you're just getting the same stuff being recycled well, over and over again. How would it fall faster than free fall? How is that even possible regardless? It technically is possible. Oops, excuse me. It's possible if something is pulling it in addition uh, to gravity. But how could you possibly physically pull down the... Let's say, uh, let's say you're standing on top of a cliff yeah. and you're tied to someone and with a long rope. And uh, they jump off. And a couple of seconds later, you jump off. They're already falling faster than you, so the rope gets torn, and then that pulls you down. Sure, but how could you do that with a building? In a building, if the interior of the building falls down, uh, the core columns are falling down, then when they hit the lower floors, that can pull down on the outside by Mm. the floors kind of pivoting in and pulling down. Mm. It's theoretically possible. But how does that... that further their conspiracy it theory. It, yeah. it doesn't at all. That's what I'm confused about. If you had uh, if you had explosives, it would fall it wouldn't. free fall or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they would sever everything and you wouldn't have this complicated yeah. mechanism. I don't understand that claim. So, uh, it's it's not a claim that they make. It's actually oh. a, a debunker claim that some oh. people have said, oh mm. we can if you measure it carefully, it's a bit actually a bit greater than free fall. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Therefore it couldn't have been explosives. Mm. Interesting. I haven't really like <laughs> verified that, mm-hmm. but I know it's certainly a claim that mm. people make. All right, let's talk about Epstein, something current. All right. Something, uh, <laughs> as, I, as I said, I am not one prone to conspiratorial thinking by any means, but when you look at the circumstance around Epstein's death, it is so questionable. Um, and, I'll, and I'll preface it with this. There's a Rasmussen poll conducted in August found that 29% of American adults believe Epstein actually committed suicide, while 42% believe he was murdered to prevent him from testifying against powerful people with whom he associated, and 29% were undecided. Uh, Clinton body count and Trump body count were trending on Twitter as users accused both Bill and Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump of being involved in Epstein's death. Um, And, of course, our president 
uh, several hours after Epstein was found dead, retweeted a conspiracy theory suggesting that there was a connection between uh, the Clintons and Epstein's death. So there's a lot to unpack there, obviously. Let's start with Epstein's death itself. Here's the circumstance. The guy had attempted suicide a mere week before. He was taken off suicide watch several days before his death. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on no, anything. That's, that's right. uh, he, he was able to set up a will two days before his death. The video footage that was supposed to be recording was claimed unusable. The guards who were supposed to be watching him were apparently, uh, they were supposed to be checking on him on an hourly basis, did not check on him for several hours during the, the period of, of, of his death. And, and I mean, he's one of the, probably the most precious, um, uh, um, felon in the American justice system, or not mm. felon, but uh, yeah, suspect, suspect in the American justice system, and yet, despite all of that, he was able to die. Yeah, whether by suicide or murder, foul play, we don't know. Well, they claim suicide. So how? I mean, okay, to someone who, to someone who's not conspiratorial minded, how do you? How does that all that stuff add up? I mean, what's your take on that? I think, uh, well, what I like to do when you presented with something like this is not have to go for one explanation or the other. I say, I believe this or I believe this. Mm. Instead, I like to make a list of the possible things that might have happened and then say how likely I think they are. Mm. I call it a Occamic ranking, like Mm. Occam's razor. So you use Occam's razor, but you keep everything in a list. And so you think, what's the most plausible thing? What's the next most plausible thing? And, you know, what evidence would be needed for this? Hmm. So I think, you know, I, I would put the possibility that uh, there was some conspiracy going on behind his death as being a plausible thing. I think the most likely thing is that he just killed himself. And I think that what we are seeing with all the things you just mentioned, like the guards, uh, you know, not checking on him, the video not working, you know, there was records falsified. The guards said they went and checked on him, but they didn't, and they just falsified the records. Uh, and, you know, all of that just kind of shines a light on the crappy state of the federal prison system. The federal prisons are very overcrowded. They're very understaffed. The people who are staffing them are often unqualified. They, they sometimes even have to have people like janitors and technicians do some of the, the rounds because they have so few people working there. They had reported that some of the people watching him were like um, not officers. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they have, like, you know, janitors like just doing it because they need someone Checking on them. to do something. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, a menial task. And... Uh, in the federal prison system, the rate of suicides has, has doubled, more, more than doubled in the last eight years, because the, there's been this downward trajectory in, in the quality of care, essentially, in the federal prison system, and overcrowding and you know, lack of staffing. I think there's something like 2,000 vacancies uh, for corrections you, officers. You're comparing Epstein's situation to a normal prisoner, whereas yeah. he was a suicide risk and he was um, someone that was greatly important to the Justice Department. Yeah, well, obviously no one made a big deal about you know, saying he should be put on uh, suicide watch permanently. Mm-hmm. So should that have been done? Yeah, in hindsight, obviously, yes. Is that uh, part of the conspiracy? Uh, well, there's, there's kind of the various levels of the conspiracy. The simple conspiracy is that someone snuck in there and murdered him and right. turned the cameras off. 
And then there's a conspiracy that they just knew he was suicidal, and so they just encouraged whoever mm. to take him off suicide. They, ga- they gave him the mm-hmm. the means to do it himself. But he he requested to be taken off suicide watch sure. uh, through his lawyers. Yeah, you know, his lawyers should have his best interests at heart. I imagine, like you know, he he you know, he's essentially like a was a psychopath. Mm. He was a person who could manipulate people very easily. Mm. So he was able to make the the prison psychiatrist think that he wasn't going to kill himself. Mm. He was probably being all happy and positive and looking forward to the trial and things mm. like that. And But he was just doing it with the idea that he was going to kill himself because he's, he's a guy who can manipulate people. So it, it doesn't seem at all unreasonable that, you know, if you request a psychiatrist to evaluate you for the suicide watch, they have to do it. Mm-hmm. So this psychiatrist comes in, evaluates him for the suicide watch. Epstein's all, all happy, uh, jolly, and uh, positive. He has to take him off it, and then so they put him on, you know, whatever the uh, uh, occasional checks type thing, and he finds twenty minutes and kills himself. I think it is a likely explanation that it was, um, let's say, suicide by opportunity. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, did somebody? not deliberately not but does, put does, him on that list doesn't he need the means to commit suicide well, everyone and has the means once they're put back in gen pop uh they're just was he he wasn't in general population he, he was he was taken out of the cell the suicide watch cell which has like special bunks and things mm-hmm. it doesn't have any bars where you can tie anything uh, from mm-hmm. it and i think they've it, there's various levels of suicide watch the most extreme one is a five point restraint where they they tie down your arms and legs mm-hmm. and your head oh. Mm. And then it goes down from there. So they just tie down your arms and legs. Sometimes they manacle you. Sometimes mm. they will uh, uh, give you clothing that you can't use that will rip. Um, and then there's the cells that are special cells with no bars. He was in a, a cell that had a bunk bed. And if you've got a cell with a bunk bed that's got a bar on it, you can tie mm. something to it, you can kill yourself. Mm. You, know, you just use your pajama pants or something, wrap them around your neck. And to tie it to the thing, and then just you know lean forward. His neck broke, also. His his, his hyoid bone broke, which is a little bone right here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a wishbone. It goes round from one side to the other. I think it's like a structural thing for your voice box. And this is a bone that uh, breaks quite commonly when people are strangled. Mm. But it's also a bone that breaks quite commonly when old people commit suicide. It's a bone that becomes more brittle with age. Mm. So a person in their 60s or 70s, he was 65, I think, if they uh, commit suicide by uh, by hanging, it's very likely that that bone will break. Hmm. People make a lot of it because people want to make a lot of it. You, you hear a lot of people making noise about this, and they say, oh, this is something that happens when people are strangled. But if yeah. he was strangled, obviously, to the point of breaking that bone, there would be other signs of strangulation, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but there's also being strangled isn't that different from being hanged if you sure. if you do yeah. it they could probably you know, garret him from behind and make it look like a hanging mm. but that you know, this is a next level up conspiracy that means there has to be someone else in the cell mm-hmm. actually doing it if you wanted epstein dead and you're a high level individual i think it would be smarter and less risky just to give him the means and the time frame to do it himself because clearly yeah. he had already attempted it yeah i mean that that would probably be the first uh, first step. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah. think, if you posit that there was a conspiracy, then it, it's possible that they said, well, let's just leave him there for a while and mm-hmm. see if he takes care of himself. And if we, if not, then we'll jump in there and do something. Mm. But we don't really have any evidence of you know, the later stages of it, of an actual active uh, thing. We just have this evidence of, 
what could be just incompetence in the prison system because it's this hugely overworked uh, <coughs> federal prison system. And I feel like that is probably the most likely because once you say it, it really makes me think about other stuff and how true that is. Like you think something as big as like a huge company would be so organized, but once you actually get familiar with it, a lot of times you realize oh, yeah. it's really far from something you People would think. People aren't that slick. Like words. when I was in the army, I thought everything would be so organized, such a serious operation, and it's like so not, so incompetent. Yeah, and then conspiracies often give people too much credit. I too think. much credit. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're staffed by people. Corporations are full of people, and uh, yeah. you know the prison system is full of people. Deeply fallible. Yeah, people make mistakes. Uh, but the video thing, I mean, it's like mm -hmm. it's like every single way along I, the line. I think that's probably just more evidence of the same type of thing. They don't. They didn't have the staff to keep things like that up. But it was Epstein of all people. It's not yeah. just some random yeah. guy. Yeah. So that that kind of shows you that he wasn't given some kind of special treatment. Right. Which they, I think is evidence told. of anything that the Justice Department was a little bit. Too Cavalier, or yeah. maybe they were a little too much. Like, hey, it's it's totally fine if this dude ends up dead. Could be, could be, could yeah. be. But uh, yeah, we that's just that's obviously it's speculation. speculation because it could have <laughs> been the other thing. So it could have been. That's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about with the lists. I would so like, what? So rank it for me. I, I when you say suicide, are you talking about? Um, uh, so when you say suicide, clarify just suicide by um, pure negligence of. Of the yeah, that's the, the people there, or suicide by um, an opportunity given. I would I would rank just regular suicide as the first thing. Mm -hmm. Just underneath that, I would rank the some kind of opportunity given, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. uh, them not putting him on permanent suicide watch mm. deliberately, or just not making a big deal about just it. Just kind of looking not away. Giving, they say don't give him any special treatment. Yeah, I would put that as the second, but you know. Kind of lower down. Because you would think that the Justice Department would be like, this guy cannot kill himself. And, you know, everyone was already saying, oh, he's going to end up dead. Like, jokingly, everybody mm -hmm. was like, that guy's going to die in prison for sure. And yeah. you would think that the officers in the Justice Department would be like, no, not on but our But that would be You're true thinking? if things were run as they should. They're run as they should when the, when, the, uh, <laughs> when the Attorney General says, hey, guys, <laughs> this guy can't die. You know, the whole Justice yeah. Department can be in disarray, but once the Attorney General specifically calls up your prison and says, this guy stays alive, he stays alive. So, because he didn't do that. Yeah. You know, is that a, a conspiracy of omission? Did he deliberately yeah. not do it? Or did, did they just never think Certainly about it? Certainly, at the right. very worst, it's uh, such extreme negligence mm -hmm. that I almost... In, in, <laughs> almost... Uh, well, they're looking for in, scapegoats right now. They fired the uh, director of prisons... And uh, his replacement is uh, the previous director of prisons who retired like seven years ago, oh. some, some old lady who hasn't uh, worked in the prison system for like the last seven years. That'll be uh, good. Yeah, so presumably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she was doing a better job than, than he was doing. But yeah, obviously this, this stuff needs, needs fixing in the, in the prison system. Uh, but you know, is that the only factor? So you say pris sure. prison by negligence. Or I mean, suicide by negligence. Yeah, just regular, regular suicide, and it's just the system failed him. And then number two would be suicide by opportunity. The number two would be like somebody helped the system fail him. Yeah, uh, they knew that the which uh, would be conspiratorial. Yeah, yeah, but it's pushing, and then you kind of got various levels of that. You know, how much did they help? Did did you know? If you get to an actual conspiracy of someone doing something positive, then they would say like the guards should not 
be in his cell at this time. Right. And then you've got like the super conspiracies of him being killed by someone sneaking into his cell. And then you've got the super duper conspiracies of he's still alive. <laughs> and that he never died at all and they yeah. spirited him away and he lives just living so he in could. Saudi Arabia. That, that's that, the one. That one yeah. is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, like that these people who, who apparently shared in his... Um, Escapades with him cared enough. Like these are this is a group they of already of psych- prepared a double psych- body. I mean, these are psychopaths. Like yeah, these are psychopaths with psychopaths. They 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 would not you know lift a finger to save him. But regardless, so now when when we look back at who Epstein was and who he associated with, do you think it's possible, for example, that Bill Clinton could fly on his private plane with him, what was it, like 26 times, and not know what he was up to. Sure. If you look at those actual trips, uh, one of them was a big trip around Africa, uh, which was 11 stops. So 26, of, oh, really? 26 of those uh, those flights were just this one trip around around Africa uh, and, and Europe and Paris. That, How many? That 11. Kind of... 11. Okay, yeah. you still have 15. Yeah, I think six of them were for one trip to Asia. Mm, uh, see, that's something you don't hear. Yeah, yeah which That is, is very compelling. It was like yeah. Hong Kong and I think they maybe even went to Russia. Uh, I'm not sure what it was. It was like something for like the Clinton Global Foundation or something. And then what does it mean? They were just using his plane? Yeah. Yeah. Just... Uh, and I think it was like you know, essentially a charity type thing that they were doing. So that's funny. So to okay, go from but let's say, but okay, let's let's c- continue down. So let's say there's even six left, seven left, on a, mm-hmm. or that were individual flights. They're all listed uh, where he went from and to. So we knew we know what they actually were. One of them was a flight from uh, JFK to Luton, which is uh, in London, <coughs> and then the next day flying back. Mm. So. Yeah, well, is that suspicious? Maybe. You know, is he flying? Is flying Bill Clinton to London so he can, uh, you know, engage in some nefarious activity? Maybe, but it, it seems just like another. Michael, I wonder way. how many people, how many flights, how many people, how many f- flights are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Uh, how frequently was this guy flying around? Oh, he, he flew a lot. If you look at the actual logbooks, I was looking at them last night. I was trying to figure out where all these flights were going to. Hmm. Uh, I did a post on Metabunk uh, about it, like looking through it all. And Epstein is, you know, is flying around everywhere. Mm. He was always flying with that uh, his you know, assistant, um, the lady, Ghislaine Maxwell, yeah. yeah, yeah, and a few other people. Who was recently seen in L.A. at In and Out? Or was she? Or was she? Always the or was she? That that photo was kind of doctored in a very strange way. Was it? Yeah, and there was all kinds of stuff oh, being no. edited. There, so no. He wasn't sure if it was oh, genuine. Like There's the poster <laughs> in the background wasn't right, and so. What on earth? It's, we couldn't figure it out. Everybody at Metabunk was looking at this this thing and trying to figure out, you know, is this where, it, you know, it is obviously that in and out. But <laughs> How do you feel when you get turned into the conspiracy theorist? <laughs> you know, that frequently must happen in your line of work. I, I don't really get turned into a conspiracy theorist, but I, I try to figure stuff out. Right. So I see something that's weird and I think, how can this possibly be? How can this, this, this thing be explained? Uh, how what's, much what's time real? does it take you to spend on... It, it depends Something on the like thing. This is your full-time gig, like, though. Like, right? what does your day look like? Yeah. I mean, I did spend hours looking at these photos of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell at the in and out just because it, it was an interesting well, thing. It's fa- yeah, sure. It's so it was like a reflection of a car in, uh, in, the, in the advert and the bus stop. That's just um, so I, I did a little 3D model so I could check to see if the angles were right with the other cars. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> 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 Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, but, you know, you, you eliminate one possibility yeah. and 
and he <laughs> brings you closer to the truth. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really wasn't very important. I mean, that's just, you know, it's that fun. poster was just uh, a PR thing on, on her, 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 her part. But there's other stuff. She was reading some book about CIA agents. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, trying to send a message or yeah. something. Like, because it was, it was a photo shoot that was staged by her and uh. her, I think, a publicist friend or a real mm. friend or something. And, you know, they obviously, she probably picked which book. Uh-huh. Yeah, certainly. Makes yeah. Sense. It was a fun. Yeah. Was, Makes yeah. more sense than sitting in and out. <laughs> what a psycho. <laughs> They're all psychopaths, man. Hey, maybe they, they picked the book that they thought would just mess with people the most and get people yeah. talking. And maybe they edited all this stuff. I mean, how thought people would talk about it. How psycho can you be at a time when you're, a, you're pro- let's, I don't know her involvement with him, but she was certainly a lifetime partner of his. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And so to trivialize the whole thing by kind of sitting out of in and out with the CIA book is pretty psychotic. Yeah, who knows what's going on? Yeah, but you look at uh, look at the flight logs. She's listed on pretty much every flight yeah. that he makes. Wow. So now when you uh, that that's really interesting what you say about Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, hmm. That yeah, they certainly omit that. How is they? it that even on the news they never? Would mention I've never heard that you know twenty seven flights could actually mean like three trips. Yeah, it's, it's six six trips I think in total. Uh, like that's incredible. That is such that's a big a difference. Big difference the, the, the than banal trips as well. They're just him doing his Clinton Go Global Initiative. Wow, that's that is that, type stuff. that's incredible. So there you go. I mean, the way that information is presented makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah and some people present. You know, he flew on the Lolita Express twenty six times. Yeah, and then yeah, that wow. becomes he flew on the Lolita Express to the private island, which right. he never did, and he never did. There's mm-hmm. no evidence he ever went there. Wow. Oh, the, 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 actually, there's there's one of the girls now, woman, uh, says that she saw him, you know, like fifteen years ago there or something like that. So, so he has actually been. Someone has actually said that he was there, but there's mm-hmm. no actual real evidence other than that that mm. he went there certainly not the flights mm-hmm. it's it is interesting how how um connected he was he was also friends with with donald trump our current president it's uh, very interesting you know yeah he it, with with print with with uh, the royal family and people don't really know how he made his money right i right it's it's weird people thought he was a a uh hedge fund manager, yeah. but then when upon he further wasn't. inspection, he hadn't made much money managing funds. Is that right? Yeah, I think he was essentially a money manager for very rich people, like billionaires mm-hmm. would give him money mm-hmm. and he would invest it for them. Mm-hmm. Some people think he might have been running some kind of Ponzi scheme, you know, pyramid thing like Madoff did. Well, it certainly fits his profile as a psychopath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can totally see. It's like if Madoff, Bernie Madoff, uh, got away with it, mm. you know, that's Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. Uh, and so we don't really know what's what happened. It'd be interesting how it the all plays IRS out. certainly knows, yeah. right? Well, they they know from the documents that uh, they've got of him, but they I'm sure they don't know everything. By the way, the IRS, on. another entity that is right. completely understaffed like, and uh, yeah. Probably. But the guy's filing tax returns and well, yeah, he's got to be ca- something <laughs> in there. Yeah, uh, presumably. Yeah, but you know, just because you're filing tax returns, it doesn't mean you list Being everything. Honest. That's yeah. I mean, if you're running a Ponzi scheme, well, are you going to put it on your tax returns? <laughs> well, I assume the IRS, when they see a billionaire 
if they see a guy flying around with private jets and hanging out with like all these people and he's showing that he made a million yeah. bucks, they're gonna be like, let me see it. Yeah, it's gonna look like he yeah. made that money. So the, the, he's gonna, if he was running some kind of pyramid scheme, gotta show a lot of money. It's gonna right? show that people are giving him money, he's investing it, and there's certain returns that he's mm-hmm. got. But they're yeah. not gonna look at the actual, <laughs> you know, every single little detail. Mm. Yeah. He probably used a bunch of like. Offshore accounts as well. Yeah, yeah. Disguise it. The Epstein's case is a very interesting one. The connections. The mysterious... It's got it all. The mysterious murders. I mean, it's really a perfect fodder for conspiracy mm-hmm. theorists. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I think I think we actually learned a lot here. I think that you mentioned the Clinton body count as well. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of take for granted that that's a true thing. That the Clintons have actually murdered lots of people. Certainly a right-wing talking point that yeah. they hold to be true. But what is, where does that come from? It's it's a pretty old conspiracy theory. I think mm. it goes way back to the 90s. Mm. Uh, someone started a Clinton body count with about 20 people or so. Oh, 20? Yeah. Very generous. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, it's in the hundreds. Because oh, really? Hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> but is each person accounted for? Or they, where does the number come from? Uh, these are people who died. These are people who had some connection with the Clintons and who are now dead. So anyone that knew the Clintons and died. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the approximately you know, 1 million people who at some point had some some connection to the Clintons. But also, the last 20 they're, years. they're old, so. And a lot, a lot of them people. died of natural causes. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Out of the body count, is there any of them that you find even the slightest bit credible? Well, there's lots of people who will die, and then you can't say exactly why they died. No, but their death benefited the, oh, Clintons. the Clintons. Yeah. Um, there probably are. I'm not you know, aware of them, but you know, there's probably going to be. On the by by the law of averages, out of a hundred, that it, it would help. But I don't know. There's people like you know old bodyguards or relatives of old bodyguards. Uh, one big one is the Seth Rich. That's the one that you always hear. Yeah. Now, can you explain? Because I'm not. Totally I'm not familiar. familiar. This is the one that I always hear. I mean, mm-hmm. by huge right wing publications and very mm-hmm. popular figures saying yeah. they they like you said hold it pretty much to be to so, be true. Yes. Yeah, so Seth Rich was a, a DNC staffer. And the theory goes is that he was the one who leaked all the stuff from the DNC, the DNC emails, the internal emails. And uh, they, they believe that he was killed because of that, because he was mm. going to reveal it to the media. Mm. Problem is, that was just a completely made up story. Uh, he, he, is, he is a DNC staffer, but there's no evidence whatsoever that he actually had access to these servers and took this information from them. Mm. So they're 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 connecting dots that there's yeah. not evidence. And you know he was killed uh, in what was described as a botched robbery. Hmm. You know, so sort of, it was it was mugged essentially, but ended up nothing being taken, and he was dead. But you know that's something you can see how it could happen. Someone tries to rob somebody. Uh, it said, "Give me your money." They don't give them the money, so they sh- you shoot them, and then you know, you see some people down the street, so you run off. Hmm. It's something that's quite plausible that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's uh, uh, it fits your narrative to make it suspicious doesn't mean it automatically is suspicious. Yeah. Dan, can you pull it up? Dan was saying that Fox News, even at one point, oh, yeah, the most popular news outlet in the country, had uh, made a story about it. Dan, can you link me that? I, I think we should watch that. I think that would be useful. Yeah, and I, I think they were forced to retract it as well. Eventually. Oh, they did. Yeah. Try to find huh. the retraction as well, Dan. Yeah. Oh. You got it. Like well, CNN recently had a, a really great uh, Donald Trump story they retracted about. Really? They had reported, mm. it was this huge news. He said 
he has Donald's tax returns, and his loans had Russian oligarchs as co-signers that were close to Putin. And everyone was just like, holy fuck, that's crazy. And then the next night, they retracted. Yeah. Hmm. Or Donald had threatened them with legal action, too. Yeah. Which, if it's not true, fair enough, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it, it's certainly something that he yeah, he knew that did. they wouldn't be able to back it up. Yeah, yeah, maybe there's something there. He probably has some connections to Russian oligarchs at some level. Yeah. But he knew that this particular thing wasn't true, so he just pounced on it and yeah. was like, you know, fake news, CNN. Mm. Mm-hmm. So from his his perspective, it was a, a good thing because uh, it did. Yeah. I mean, again, again, it's just another another loss for yeah people who who. Who do subscribe to this theory that that Trump is somehow a Rus- a Russian asset? Yeah, uh, and I don't think there's any real actionable evidence. Like that's what what Mueller found was that there wasn't enough evidence to point any fingers in that direction. You know, he found mm. lots of stuff going on. Obviously, the Russians did a bunch of stuff, mm. but you know, was there any connection between what they did and the Trump campaign? Mm. There's no real. Uh, strong evidence that that happened. There's circumstantial evidence. People had meetings with Russians. Uh, there's the famous like Trump Tower meeting where they, mm-hmm. you know, s- supposedly were getting dirt on Hillary Clinton. So things actually happened, that nothing that raises to the level of something that Some they prosecute. Some high-level collusion between Russia and yeah. the Trump campaign. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't rule it out, but uh, I wouldn't also bring it to trial. Right. Because you'd probably lose. Uh, you got that? Vi- I'll, I'll wait for Dan to give me that. I'm one. trying to find the video. But it's surprisingly hard to. I guess maybe it's not surprising that it's hard to find Fox's retraction. I'm finding a lot of articles about how they had to retract the story, though. But do you have the original story? Uh, sure. Hold on one second. Yeah, I want to watch the Hannity original. Apparently, Hannity in particular was uh, pushing it mm-hmm. every night for for weeks on end. Yeah, let me watch that. I want to see the original story. Okay. Um, so I want to get into that, but then I really want to get into the Bob Lazar. Yeah, that's situation. the Bob Lazar, Area 51. Now, when I see this guy talk, I tried to watch this podcast with him. I, I tried to watch the documentary first. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a film perspective, I, I, it was just um, the documentary. I don't want. I don't want to be. I know a lot of people subscribe to it, so I don't want to belittle them or or dismiss their 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 beliefs. But the documentary was just so poorly made. It was just so strange and bizarre. I couldn't get into it. And I'm looking into the ba- the Bob Lazar podcast. Lazar. Lazar. And, um, well, a lot of stuff doesn't really add up. Yeah. And, 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 and so, the claims he makes are really fascinating. You want to believe it. Like one of his claims, for example, he goes, he goes, they, they use for propulsion. He claims, first of all, that they had uh, 12 or 13 alien spacecrafts. And he was one of the engineers working on them at the time. And he claims that they were there to reverse engineer the technology. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. That's what he says. And then he claims that the propulsion was fueled by an atomic element 115, Mm -hmm. which he explained generates a a gravitational wave. Now, wasn't there, was there not a molecule 115 discovered since? Yeah. So uh, that, so that. An element. That's compelling, right? To be like, oh, I was it's, working on this, but now sounds, they discovered it. It sounds compelling. Yeah, it so sounds you, compelling. You understand the history of, of chemistry mm-hmm. as being a, a continuous process of filling in the periodic table. Mm. Like all of the elements, they have a, a, an atomic number, <laughs> which is the number of, um, number of protons in the nucleus. Mm-hmm. So you start out with number one, which is hydrogen, which has one. And then helium has two, and then mm-hmm. oxygen has four, 
I might be wrong. But uh, so you, you just get more and more. And the the ones that with a low number are very stable, mm-hmm. um, especially when they're in you know molecular forms. But uh, higher up, they become more and more unstable. So they're very very hard. They, you don't find them in nature basically. So all the ones that are high up on the table, they had to synthesize. They had to actually create them by using some kind of radiation method. And as you got further and further along, they get harder and harder to, to synthesize. So w- when Bob Lazar suggested element 115 with 115 protons in the nucleus, they just hadn't got to it yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the ones that was the next one along. I think mm-hmm. they were up to about 111 or 112. Mm-hmm. There, they, they skipped them occasionally because mm-hmm. the, the odd ones are harder or something like that. But it's something that was inevitably going to be synthesized at some point. Mm-hmm. And when it was synthesized, it was found to be very, very unstable. Mm. Like it would immediately just go poof, like yeah, in, in milliseconds, really, like half a second was his half-life, and it would just just vanish. But Bob Lazar claims that he, he took a pound of it home with him. <laughs> and it's this stuff that wouldn't exist in a, a form that you Probably can take a pound of it home with you. To, oh, yeah. To hold a, in you, your person, You too. couldn't have it. I mean, it's basically it saying... Pro- it would probably tear apart your cells. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's disintegrating so rapidly. If you had a lot of it, it would create a lot of heat and probably radiation. Yeah. So it's not something you want to have around you. Right. But it's, it's not something you can have in, in solid form. Yeah. So he, he hasn't been vindicated. No one's come up with solid uh, 115. We've just come up with a way to synthesize what we knew was actually there, like this element. That, well, of course, yeah. we're, we don't have alien technology. They would be able to stabilize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. the thing. If you if yeah. you introduce something like alien technology as yeah. the explanation, that's like saying, "Oh, but we have magic. Magic, mm-hmm. yeah, we can do anything." So yeah, that explains everything. So I want to I want to ask you kind of like a meta point about him. Joe had him on his podcast to seven point six million views. The reception to that was extraordinarily positive. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's res- irresponsible for Joe to have someone like that on his podcast? Or do you, like, how do you view something like that? I don't think it's causing any great harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe was a big fan. He's a big UFO guy, and he really likes the story. And he believes Bob Lazar, it seems. Mm. So, you know, he's just he's just promoting a story he thinks would be true. is that a gateway to the rabbit hole? It, 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 I don't really know, like, if the UFO thing is a gateway to the rabbit hole. People who get into UFO stuff... They tend to just stay in UFO stuff because it's so, so fun. Like the idea yeah, that there no, might be aliens yeah, out there. Fair. It's just this really amazing thing, and it yeah. supersedes everything else. You, you don't even get you don't too find much a correlation overlap. between unhealthy conspiracy, con, uh, conspiratorial thinking, and and people who generally are there's, into the UFO. There's probably some probably some overlap. Sure. That you you go from one to the other, but I, a lot of the people I talk to in say 9/11, they'll say that I investigate UFOs. Because I'm trying to discredit the 9-11 truth movement. They, they view UFOlogy as being this ridiculous thing that, that no one should look at. And then the people who the are... The truthers. Yeah, the truthers think mm. that. Huh. Then the UFO people, they all think that the truthers are completely crazy. Mm-hmm. And that I shouldn't uh, be okay. putting them in the same boat as truthers. <laughs> Interesting. So I, I can't win there. Huh. <laughs> Normally you get a, a gradation where one is more extreme than the other. But here you've got kind of two none overlapping areas. So there's also conspiracy shaming. <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> shaming. Yeah, my conspiracy is better than Oh, that's funny. Um, his claims are pretty extraordinary. I mean, I'd love for it to be true. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> like he says that uh, he lived in a, in a, or he worked in a, in a facility just outside Area 51. They had caves, uh, 
uh, basically dug into the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. He worked on flying saucers. He worked on the specific one called the sports model, which was manufactured out of a metallic substance similar uh, in appearance and touch to stainless steel, but apparently had some other uh, property to it than that, right? Well, the, stainless uh, steel, that doesn't sound like fantastic. Yeah, well, I don't know. You'd obviously have to have some kind of weird... Um, the thing about the, the things that he's suggesting is it's some way of bending gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, bending, bending space-time, essentially, which is the same thing as gravity. Which is uh, popular, you know, in, in sci-fi. And, oh, yeah, and, and exactly. It's, uh, it's it's not a new uh, concept, certainly. No, and it would have been something he would have been aware of when he uh, you know, wrote these things. You know, I think, essentially, he made it all up. <laughs> do you think that he so has crazy. drank his own Kool-Aid, or do you think he's kind of just doing a social experiment? I think it probably started out just him having fun, making stuff up. Mm. Uh, but over time... He made a life out of it. I think... He might even have been telling the same thing so long that he kind of believes mm-hmm. that something happened. Right. Because it goes yeah, into it, so much detail. Yeah, but it's, it's telling the same story over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's not really that much there. He's, he's mm. got a picture in his head of what he thinks these, these, these sources look like. You'll hear him talk about the same things over and over again. Mm. Like he had a hatch here, it had a honeycomb, it mm. was, you know, had a half dome and you mm. know, did this. Uh, he's just telling you the same story. So he has a story down pat. Mm-hmm. And he's repeating it, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't add up. And th- there's other things as well, like he claimed he went to I think it was Harvard or Stanford. That's that's my favorite thing. He claimed he went to both MIT and Caltech. Oh, okay. However, uh, both schools have no record of him, <laughs> and which of course he claims um, that the government erased yeah. his academic oh. record to discredit him. And that's, that should excuse. be just a big red flag. <laughs> that's a flag big red flag. Yeah. 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 But you can't <laughs> Isn't that great? attend two schools for many years and have no there's record no pictures, of it. Also, no yeah. Nobody so you. why would they erase yeah. everything you've done, but they'll let you go out there and <laughs> go talk? Go out and, <laughs> and talk. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very funny. Yeah, why didn't they go back and get their parents? Well, why not just kill him? Exactly. If yeah. the government right. is that uh, nefarious. Yeah. You know, just just throw them off the side of the flat earth. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, and the, the, I think like the, there's a theory kind of behind why what he does, uh, which is that he did actually have some classified information about secret stuff that was going on there. Not aliens, mm. just he knew some stuff about uh, about something else that was happening there, some, some stuff they were testing, like some weapon, okay. proton beam or something. And uh, when he... When he gave the, this crazy story out to people, they, the powers that be, thought it was better for him to keep giving out this crazy story rather than giving the truth of what's actually going on there. Mm. So they figured, like, you know, as long as he's just saying this stuff, that's fine. We don't have to do anything. So that's a deeper conspiracy that suggests that he's colluded with the government. Yeah, not, it's not really a conspiracy. It's just they're leaving him alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, it sounds a little Yeah, because yeah, they, they don't want to uh, have to take more drastic action. I see. Um, yeah, I love the I love the um, the MIT Caltech story. Yeah, that seems so obvious to me. <laughs> it's like, how do you? Yeah, making that up. Because you would be able to check that stuff. Just don't even lie yeah. about your education. Just say, yeah. I'm self-taught. Yeah, which essentially he was. You know, he was he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Sure. He, you got He you, does physics. He does chemistry. Uh, he runs, you know, a store where you can buy all kinds of weird chemicals. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's other weird stuff in his past, like he. Once installed a closed circuit TV system in a brothel. 
and he got uh, got arrested for some kind of thing related to this this brothel in uh, in Nevada. I oh guess. right, yeah, I read about that too. He was uh, <laughs> yeah. he's associated with the brothel. Yeah, <laughs> but you know you can't. Which is fine. You yeah. can't. You know you can't uh, blame he, people for their mistakes in the past. Sure. But it's, yeah. It's weird stuff. You know, this it's is the actual past, but he prefers people to look at this imaginary uh, tenure at uh, at uh, where MIT and Caltech. He also claims that um, he read briefing documents describing the historical involvement with Earth for the past 10,000 years by extraterrestrial beings called gray aliens. These aliens are from a planet orbiting the twin binary star system Zeta Ridiculi. More like Zeta Ridiculis. <laughs> have you heard that before? Yes, I have. Yeah, uh, I imagine that's probably. Is it Zeta Ridiculi or Reticuli? Retic. Well, reti- it's R E T. Reticuli. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, that actually comes from an earlier UFO stories. Mm. I think. I think he, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was Barney and Betty Hill, with these famous UFO abductees, and they claimed that the aliens had talked to them, and they said they came from Zeta Reticuli. Hmm. And so he would have heard this, hmm. and so he's picking up this same thing. It's just it's something that would have been so going specific. around in in UFO circles. Yeah, <laughs> the, this is this is the place where the gray aliens come from. So everyone, get your story straight when you need to talk to people. Right. Yeah. So what do you think goes on in Area Fifty One then, uh, if anything? I think they test uh, advanced weapons and stuff like they Aircraft, build planes, weapons. Yeah, test planes. They uh, a lot of the stuff isn't just simply like building planes. It's, it's building the systems and the weapons that go on the planes, stuff well, like radar why, and things like that. Why would you need, um, you know, thousands of miles of empty acreage of desert? In case your plane crashes. Plane crash, weapon test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different sites out there. There's the sites for testing munitions and things, and then mm. there's you know, ranges where they shoot things. But if you're going to do stuff like, you know, shoot a rocket up, you wouldn't, first of all, you'd, you wouldn't have... You want to have a a buffer zone mm. so people can't stand on the edge outside the fence and mm. on a stepladder and take a photo of things. Right. So you've got to have miles and miles around you that uh, just keep you from everywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. And you want to have lots of options for doing uh, various things like different terrain and whatnot. So this is something that was recently de- declassified. New reporting this morning on- uh, by the Air Force. Like uh, they they had recently unveiled that they were spending twenty two million dollars in uh-huh. investigating uh, UFOs. Because it was happening quite frequently that members of the Air Force were seeing unidentified objects moving in really inexplicable ways. For example, On this video here. Unidentified flying objects in our airspace. Yeah. The New York Times speaking with five Navy pilots who've all said they've encountered UFOs during training missions up and down the East Coast. The pilots even noting that the objects were accelerating to hypersonic speed, making sudden stops and instantaneous turns, something beyond the physical limits of a human crew. Clearly, there's, there's more that footage we're here. We submitted a safety report saying that there was an right unidentified object in our working space and we don't know what to do. This on the eve of a new History Channel series called Unidentified, Inside oh, America's... Oh, well, this U- just turned into an ad. Let's close that. Yeah, so that, that, <laughs> that video there is called the Gimbal Video, and that video and the other two videos there you've seen there are stuff that I've done a lot of work on. Mm. I've yeah. analyzed those extensively. So tell me what do you think about it. I mean, that video there is almost certainly an infrared glare. Hmm. When a plane gets very far away, the glare from the engine... Uh, can get so big that it's actually bigger than the plane itself in terms of just what it looks like on camera. You can imagine like you know, a very bright light on camera uh, just it kind of flares out 
and it looks bigger than the actual uh, object itself. Like someone's holding a flashlight at night. Mm. Flashlight's pretty small, but you see this bright light around it. Right. That's viewing something in infrared, and it's uh, black hot. So it's actually inverted. It would normally be like a, a white, white thing there. And what's happening is the internal optics of the camera is what's making it rotate. Kind of complicated to explain. I've got like a bunch of videos. Yeah, it's hard. It. I think it'd be hard to dissuade anyone with that because it's so complex. Mm. But also, what I'm thinking is like obviously the Air Force would understand that. Why would they release it and 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 fuel? They didn't exactly release it. The Air Force didn't release it. It was one guy, uh, Luis Elizondo, who now works for the To the Stars Academy, which is Tom DeLong's uh, organization. Why'd yeah. you laugh, Dan? <laughs> because I know about Tom DeLonge's whole thing, and oh. he's he's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Tom DeLonge is like believes really passionately that there is uh, alien visitors out there, and that by uh, we, wait, he's a senator or something, right? Tom DeLonge. No. Oh, who is he? A former frontman for Blink One Eighty Two. Okay. <laughs> as credible as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> That's I why said. I laugh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know there was um, I had been reading that there was a a. Uh, member of Congress that mm -hmm. was uh, responsible for this $22 million. Harry Reid. Yeah. Harry Reid, the uh, senator from Nevada. Is it Harry Reid? Yeah. Hmm. It is. And yeah, the leader of whatever he was. Wasn't it, wasn't it speculated to be somewhat of a corrupt thing because he knew? It was. Uh, yeah, the, the money went to essentially Rob Bigelow of Bigelow Airspace. Bigelow has got contracts with NASA to make inflatable um, habitats for the space station. So he's, he's a real legit person. But he also has a very strong interest in UFOs and things. And he kind of shares this interest with uh, with Harry Reid, who's his friend. Hmm. And so Harry Reid set this thing up and Bigelow became the recipient of a lot of this stuff. And a lot, some of it Pretty went shady. into, uh, yeah, like reporting UFOs and stuff, setting up a database. And but also just giving $22 million to your friend. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, your friend's company. I, it's certainly something that I would encourage people to look into, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to like, you know, point any fingers without knowing exactly what went on. I, you know, they, it was a proper contract. It was awarded to Bigelow. And it's just a standard type of right. government pork, essentially. Somebody got something for their friend. Happens all the time. Like yeah. you get a bridge built in your hometown or whatever. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's super corrupt. It's mm. just just corruption light, the normal type corruption of corruption light. that yeah. we have uh, in America. We where, have a good tolerance yeah, for the corruption pork, light. The pork system in America yeah, where you I see. add things on. <laughs> it was $22 million over five years. Uh, it ran for those five years. They never really found anything of any interest and so the program was Closed it up. was shut down yeah. but this one guy Luis Elizondo you saw him briefly there he continued to be really interested in the topic and he claims he was still working on it and he claims the the operation was still going on but he eventually left and as he was leaving he made a request that three videos that he knew of these, mm. these three famous mm. videos uh, gimbal and two others uh, be declassified interesting because he wanted to use them for Tom DeLong's uh, organization. Mm. Mm. So he would be the back and forth. He got them declassified. Uh, the Navy didn't release them as stuff. They just looked at them and said, yeah, that's nothing. You can mm. have that. Yeah, so they stamped it and gave it to him. And then they presented as being these amazing UFO videos. Yeah. Wow. When they all have quite reasonable explanations. There's another one called Go Fast, which looks like a UFO skimming really, really fast over the surface of the ocean. But good thing about that video is you have all the all the numbers on the screen 
So you can figure out the angles of the camera mm. and you can do a bit of trigonometry mm. and you can figure out exactly where this object is in space. And it turns out it's not over the water and it's not actually moving really, really fast. It's probably something like a balloon or a bird that's actually hovering around 10,000 feet. And because the plane is flying past it, the parallax makes it look like it's moving really, really fast wow. because the camera is constantly pointing at it and turning around. Mm. So these things have explanations, but uh, that's not what Tom DeLonge wants. Not that fun of an explanation. Yeah. What did you just send me? Oh. Uh, I believe it's the video he's referring to. Yeah, yeah, let's, sh let's show it for reference. Yeah, I've seen this one too. I mean, it looks, looks extremely compelling. Yeah, it looks like it's something that's Look at that. moving really, that? really fast. But you got to remember yeah. the jet itself. You, you, this isn't shot from a helicopter. This is shot from a right. jet that's mm. moving at Mach 0.6. You, it looks mm. like the plane's not moving at 254 all. 254 yeah. knots, like yeah. calibrated airspeed, which is about 300 knots, over 300 miles an hour, something yeah. probably oh, like wow. 350. So it's focused on this thing, which is floating around 10,000 feet up in the air, yeah. and there's the ocean way beyond it. So it looks like it's moving wow. fast. Yeah, that's a problem when well, yeah. It, for someone yeah. who's completely unequipped to understand what they're looking at, yeah. like myself, you know, just I just I'm, I would just think the the camera is not even moving sure. and, and just some of it, following the, something. The trig you do from the numbers. Like uh, earlier on, there was you could see that it was I think it was tilted down at a certain angle, and then when there was a range, which tells you how far away it is. So it's tilted down at this angle. It's this far away. Mm -hmm. Very very simple trigonometry. It's mm -hmm. just like you know, the sign of the angle multiplied by this gives you how far away it actually mm -hmm. is or how, how, how high it is. So you can, you can work it out. A high school, high school student could have worked out <laughs> what it was. But the To The Stars Academy, Tom DeLong, they didn't work out. They didn't do the math. Yeah. And they, ca they carry on to this day yeah. claiming that it's at sea level when you can just do the math and it's not at sea level. That's incredible. Um, it really looks like the the camera is stationary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you realize uh, that the yeah. plane is yeah, that two by four in the corner is the speed calibrated uh -huh. airspeed in knots, which is actually less than the actual airspeed. Once you realize that, and you're it being viewed from twenty five thousand feet, it's three point four nautical nautical miles away and angled down at twenty two degrees. So you can just work out from that where it is, and it works out at around thirteen thousand feet, which is about halfway. To the, to the ocean. Certainly these pilots must see stuff like this all the time, if it's just like a bird or a and balloon. And by the way, remember that's what it said about that other video. Because I remember we talked about it when it came out, like a, we read the article. Mm -hmm. And it said that they reported that they would see it multiple times a day. <laughs> with that thing true. that you said that yeah, was a glare. Yeah, they're, they're seeing uh, other things there. The thing is about all these videos is that we don't really, we have all these reports from pilots and they say they see things like lights in the distance or occasionally things zipping by them. And then we have these videos, but we don't have the two together. We don't have mm -hmm. a pilot saying, I took a video of this thing and it was doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So you've got like the- yeah, conflicting. Yeah, you've yeah. got this, this one pilot saying uh, there was a tic-tac that was like zipping around like this. And then they also show a video of something that's not doing anything. Not, it's a different video of that. You just see this little white dot in the distance and it's not moving at all. And they say, well, you know, we've got the evidence, but <laughs> there's no connection between I this see. guy yeah. and this video. So mm -hmm. we need to get the person who took the video to say what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. right. And we don't have that. And we have explanations for that's all of it. That's very interesting stuff. I think that's great. <laughs> Is there any UFO uh, footage that 
uh, through the there's so much by now that's been captured. Yeah. Supposed evidence. Have you ever seen anything that you found inexplicable or compelling in the the Well, those are two different things, the inexplicable and compelling. Yeah. You don't generally see those two things together. Right. You see inexplicable things all the time. You Mm -hmm. see a little white dot up in the the sky, and you can't explain what it is exactly. You can come up with some hypotheses as to what it might be. It might be a plane, or it might be a blimp, or it might be a balloon, or it might be a bird, or it might be a cloud. It might be a little bit of uh, lint that's very close to you or some kind of seed or something that's very close to you. You could be having a temporary uh, like uh, brain storm or something and your visual system's messed up. So there's all kinds of things that things might be. Mm. Uh, but often you can't figure out what it is. So the fact that we have UFO videos that are not identified is, is going to be a given. UFOs exist at the boundary between identifiable and not you know, identifiable. So they're just a little bit beyond. If we could zoom in on the things, you can identify them. Mm. Uh, so as camera technology has improved recently, UFOs tend to get further and further away. Now, we used to get right, right. photos of UFOs, which were just like hovering over people's houses. Yeah. Right. But now we get ones that are like hovering over a nearby mountain because yeah. we've got these super zoom cameras that can zoom in all the way. And we are, we're all carrying around like you know, high definition yeah. 4K well, cameras in our true. pockets. Mm. So... <laughs> the, the boundary at which UFOs exist has somehow shifted further and further away as camera technology has improved right. because we're able to now to identify all these things that are closer. Yeah. If I was to take something, a photo with my, my iPhone, it's such high resolution, you can, you can tell what things are. Whereas yeah. when people were taking pictures with uh, their Kodak Instamatic, it was just this blurry little blob. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think there's a problem like with the theory of aliens visiting the Earth to begin with? Yeah, is it is that a plausible uh, theory at all? It it's a possible theory. I wouldn't call it a plausible theory. You, right. you got to look at like you know the evidence for the existence of aliens to start off with. Like, there's complete radio silence throughout the the entire nearby galaxy. Like, we don't have any signals uh, coming in from people that we can even point to as being slightly alien-like. Mm. I'm actually having a guest on my podcast uh, next week called uh, Seth Shostak, who's the head of SETI, mm. the Search for Extraterrestrial right. Intelligence. And yeah. he'll tell you that you haven't really had any good mm. candidate uh, signals. The occasion they get excited about something and then they figure out it was just the microwave down the hall like doing <laughs> something. Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the, there hasn't been any indication that there are any aliens w- who use radios to communicate nearby. Uh, in or and you think like these stars they're light years away so the radio waves take quite a while to get here and so we've got kind of like snapshots of history at various distances away and none of them have civilizations and we don't know like how long will a civilization last for Mm -hmm. if a civilization was actually very very good and uh, you know at surviving they would actually populate the galaxy relatively quickly because they'd be able to send ships to nearby stars and populate all those things. So you'd expect to see uh, a lot of activity. A lot of activity. Yeah. Yeah. Like stars everywhere being turned into Dyson spheres, which is where they use all the energy to to power things. Well, that's Uh, quite depressing. Yeah. So we don't (laughs) see anything. It feels like we're in this dead galaxy. How long, how far away can we tell, can we see? I guess visible light, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we could see the stars. So we could see if there was some kind of large structure around the star. There was recently an interesting thing where they found this star that had this kind of, it was variable in a way that made them think it was something like a Dyson sphere mm. going around the star with holes in it. So the star would shine out now mm. and then. 
Hmm. But I think that turned out to be you know something something else. I'm not sure. I they recall, ever figured I it remember out. that one that came up. Yeah, that but be so yeah, you know, it's like that's <laughs> that's the one. That's the one thing that they <laughs> right. discovered, and it was probably like you know a hundred million light years away. Right. Um, Do you ever run out of conspiracies, like <laughs> a conspiracy <laughs> drought? <laughs> uh, there's always something new coming along. Yeah. And you know, often, like, the the events themselves will create conspiracies. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we've got... Like Epstein. Um, yeah, Epstein. But even things like the hurricanes, like, oh. there's always going to be people making theories that the hurricane was steered for political reasons. Uh, the hurricane was steered. Yeah, really? that would be that, would, would, that would be an incredible power to yield. Yeah, and uh, I would think they would what probably you... use it for good if they could do that. <laughs> sure, I would love them right now here. In LA. Yeah. hurricane over this way. Well, yeah, we do actually get you know cyclones in uh, uh, near Mexico, which in That's theory can do do occasionally have to get up to LA, like once every uh, hundred years or so, you get mm. like a superstorm here, mm. which is uh, yeah essentially a hurricane. So how is it? How is it that they explain that the government can control the trajectory of a hurricane? Yeah, there's a variety of things, but the most popular thing is this thing called HARP, H-A-A-R-P, yeah, uh, which is this big radio transmitter in Alaska, which doesn't do anything of the sort. It's it's kind of a space radio thing in that it will heat up uh, a layer of the atmosphere called the ionosphere, which is about 200 miles up, and it can just heat this up pretty much directly over this one station in Alaska and it does pretty much nothing it's kind of like uh, you know you're tossing some dye into a river or something so it makes it but for what mm. purpose does it heat it up it creates it, it generates it's, rain it's, it's studying it it's uh, there's there's no rain coming from oh. the ionosphere like all of the weather that happens in uh, in the planet happens in the bottom like hmm. 10 miles or so I've got a picture of this uh, facility you're talking about yeah it looks and pretty interesting above above 10 miles there isn't really hmm. any weather and way up in the ionosphere mm. is essentially in space. There's there's really nothing there. It's mm. just just a few like loose electrons and things that's been around. So they're able to heat it up from here, though. Yeah, it's kind that's of like a kind of like a microwave, and mm. it's it's tuned in a way where it resonates with the angle of the magnetic field of the Earth. So they Super think that this <laughs> is able to control a hurricane in Florida. Yes, that's they pretty wild. <laughs> they think there are also other ones as well. Like they say, okay. they've got that mounted on a ship as well. But, and it's yeah, part this... of the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah, that's where they buried and the so, bodies. And why are we trying to, to why are we trying to to uh, submerge Florida? Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Florida's just the flattest bit, so it's a good place to start. But uh, why they're doing this is they're trying to study uh, radio communications. Basically, you can mm -hmm. you can bounce things off the ionosphere to get around the curve of the Earth, assuming right. the Earth is actually curved. Mm. And so by studying the ionosphere, you can figure out how to actually do that best. Mm. So they artificially like perturb it, like make mm. it wobble up and down, and uh, heat it up. And it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> by itself. It's interesting enough. I don't there's even a bunch need of, a uh, top secret research around it as well. They they were using it for communications with submarines. Ah. Uh, can, wow. The, it, I don't think it really works, but they they use submarines underwater. You can communicate them with very 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 long wave radio waves, like mm. wavelengths of hundreds of feet like right. or miles even. Uh, it can penetrate through the water, and they they do it often by having these very, very long antennas on the ground, like the tens of miles long. Mm. Uh, but they thought they could also do it by wobbling the ionosphere to a certain mm. degree to create some kind of radio wave off there, which would then be able to communicate with submarines. Mm. It's a bunch of like secret research and speculative stuff. It's mostly hard science, though. It's people just studying the ionosphere, mm. like astronomers study stars, just right. to figure out how it works. Right. 
Well, we're we're com- we're coming up on two hours, so I'm gonna skip to the end. I've got I got some other stuff, but these these are what I refer to as like fringe conspiracies. These are these are really deep level stuff, and I think stuff that you could even say have a real and harmful effect on society. So I'm gonna give you some off the top of my head. Right. If you have an opinion or a comment sure. about them, um. I'm also curious what's your opinion is like the most nefarious, the most harmful conspiracy theory, uh, generally speaking. Uh, well, the one that causes the most harm to people is the theory that uh, vaccines cause autism. Right. And that uh, people, and you know, vaccines in general are harmful. Yeah. So people don't take vaccines and their kids get ill. Everybody gets ill. People, people, uh, people die. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, right. I, I, I'm reading that the lack of people vaccinating is now jeopardizing people that uh, cannot vaccinate their yeah, kids. Yeah. That exist because only exist because so many people are vaccinated. Yeah. Like immunity. people with immune mm-hmm. uh, problems, immunity problems, who can't get vaccines, they're safe because everyone's vaccinated. So mm-hmm. now that less people are getting vaccinated, other people's children are starting to to get these rare and otherwise thought to be you know extinguished. Yeah, diseases. Yeah, some people are they can't be vaccinated because they actually have immune system problems that uh, so the vaccines don't work with them. Or the vaccines mm-hmm. would kill them, mm. and so they do rely on this thing called herd immunity, where if like ninety five percent of people uh, are vaccinated around them, the chances of them coming into contact with someone with the disease is very very low, so they're pretty safe. Yeah, but if you take away that herd immunity and you start getting down to like sixty percent, then you're going to bump into people who are, are ill, and then. Have you what, what happened that pe- everyone is like questioning everyone now? Like you don't I believe know. doctors? Who are you going to believe? Yeah. Have you ever been able to flip an anti-vaxxer? I don't really talk to anti-vaxxers. Not because I don't want to. It's just uh, I tend to deal with topics that are more, uh, you know, obscure, like chemtrails, 9-11, forest mm-hmm. fires, things like that. Like the mm-hmm. more unusual things. There's lots of very good people working on anti-vax sure, stuff. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to leave it to them. Mm-hmm. So I've got anti-vax. I've got QAnon. QAnon. QAnon yes. is, that, is is the <laughs> theory that there's someone deep inside the government yeah. that is leaking information that ba- basically everyone in power is a deep conspiracy, a pedophilia ring. Uh, yeah, yeah. They think that the, the, the government is run by a corrupt elite that uh, sacrifices children partly so it can uh, harvest their adrenal glands. Oh. Because uh, it's this thing, like adrenochrome, which makes them like forever like young. A- Oh. It's, oh wow! It's the thing the uh, adrenal glands secrete. <laughs> so they torture children, but which, which makes more adrenochrome, and then they take out the adrenochrome, and then they throw away the children, wow. and then they inject themselves, and they live forever. Well, you know, I, I imagine actually believing that. I mean, how horrific of a thing to mm-hmm. think is going on around yeah. you. Yeah, and they think you know this Q person apparently is this secret person within the government. A lot of people think it's actually Donald Trump. <laughs> Right. Doing this QAnon stuff. He but he's, but he's not deep state. He just joined the government yeah. for the first so the, time. The QAnon people, all, they're all big fans of Donald Trump. They all yeah. think he is basically the savior. Right. Either he is running this QAnon thing as a secret operation, or the military is doing a kind of a coup. By inst- they, they got him elected, and then they, they're using all this, this flim-flam. The military are the good guys. Yeah, the military are the good guys with unusual. Donald Trump as their <laughs> puppet. But how can Donald Trump be deep state, like I said? What's the explanation for that? Because he's only been president now for 
what, three years almost? He's not deep straight. I think he's like somebody, a super talented guy that they, the military recruited mm. as that person. They, they saw him on The Apprentice and they saw how <laughs> good he was on The Apprentice right. and they figured he'd be a really good guy to be QAnon and give clues to people is on there, 8chan. Is there any, <laughs> and what, what is it that, that uh, there's always got to be a thread, right? Some, some, some touch of reality to get people. Mm. What is it in that one? Or in QAnon, the, yeah. the threat of reality? Uh, I think they just don't want to think that Donald Trump is who he actually appears to be. Right. Mm. They were such There's big fans of, of Donald Trump, die. and they were kind of disappointed when he just turned out to be this guy who tweets a lot of nonsense all the time. Mm. And so they wanted there to be this fantasy of uh, stuff so going on. So it's nothing. There, there's, yeah, there's, there's obviously there's people in government doing things uh, that aren't you know on on the surface visible. How so. serious are these people? A lot of these, especially kind of Donald Trump right wing conspiracy uh -huh. theorists, seems to not really believe it. Yeah, it's it, hard to tell sometimes. Some isn't people it? seem very very serious. Yeah, yeah, you'd think that they don't because it's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But then you think that about flat earth people, and then you find people do actually do, think the earth is yeah. flat. So people do actually believe this QAnon stuff. And a lot of them, I think the QAnon people, they don't really understand the extent of the ridiculousness of the theory. Hmm. They just think that there's there's something going on, that uh, the, the Mueller investigation was a cover for a different investigation. Hmm which you know, maybe makes a bit of sense. But now the Mueller investigation is over and nothing really happened. Mm -hmm. uh, 8chan has actually been shut down now. Mm. So Q can't, can't give his messages out anymore. So I think QAnon is essentially over okay. in, in the form it was in. I see. Uh, it will no doubt kind They'll of, find there'll be chapter. echoes of it yeah. coming yeah. Uh, throughout the uh, future, but it's uh, something that's ended. Pizzagate is another one that was a, was yeah, a, a great thing. favorite of the right. Now, my, my take on Pizzagate was, was this. I mean, I have talks about the Catholic Church, prolific child abuse. And I think to myself, these are conservative people, I mean, who are accusing Democratic, uh, right, it's about de Democratic yeah. members of, of government, yeah. um, molesting and raping children in, a, in the basement of this pizza store. Yet, I'm, I, then on the other hand, I'm thinking, well, the Catholic Church is one of the most prolific um, enablers of child abuse, and yet mm -hmm. they don't seem to level much criticism there. I find that to be a little bit uneven. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess like the everyone's fully aware of the Catholic Church stuff now, and it's kind of out in the open. Mm. Uh, so, you know, do you criticize the Pope uh, for? You know, he's 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 stood up against the thing. So I don't know if that's a, a good analogy because they're, they're they're saying there's this secret thing going on. Where these people are secretly doing this, and it's mm. actively going on right now, mm. in um, in the basement of Comic uh, Comic Ping Pong, I think, or Comic Pizza, mm. in DC, which doesn't actually have a basement, right? As, as the guy found out yeah. when he tried he to go there in with there, a weapon, yeah, to tried to rescue the kids, all the kids, and there's no basement. <laughs> he shot into a room, and he ended up just shooting a computer or something, and it was in the. In the, you could have killed someone. Of course, so this sure. is, this is yeah, where absolutely. conspiracy theories can be harmful. Yeah. People yeah. take them so seriously um, that they get a gun and go somewhere. Absolutely, and why shouldn't they if they truly believe yeah. that, right? right? I mean, yeah. that's the part. He was trying it. to rescue children. He was trying to do yeah. good. What better intention right. is yeah, there than wonderful, that? good guy? But yeah. he got it completely wrong. Yeah, and they shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, um, Sandy Hook, one of the most probably nefarious mm -hmm. conspiracy theories of all. Um, tons of children were yeah. were murdered yeah. by a psycho. Yet, there was a large populace of people that thought it was all 
a fake to enable gun gun laws. Is that right? Yeah, which apparently yeah. didn't work. No, anyway, uh, nobody buy, wanted to do it anyway. <laughs> Whenever something like this happens, people buy more guns. Yeah, I so mean, you could you could almost say like the NRA is behind it because mm-hmm. what what happens is they, gun legislation right. does not change, yeah. and people buy a lot more guns, and so there's more guns out there. It makes it harder for them to take away all the guns. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, these these uh, actor sense. theories don't ever make sense. You see it every time there's a shooting. Yeah, you see it every time there's no actual meaningful change uh, done to the legislation. So. I don't really get that theory. Yeah, and I see, yeah, see like, people like Shane Dawson like talked about that, and yeah. he was he was he was repeating some of the stuff that people put around. He, he brought up some stuff on our podcast, like the dad laughing. Yeah, and I, I just really don't. Think it's that. ridiculous. That guy is called uh, Robbie Parker. The guy he's referring to, and, and his, let's remember these are people who, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt, have had their children horrifically yeah. murdered. Yeah, a few days ago, he was it was at his daughter's funeral, and he was going to speak. Uh, but before he got to the microphone, he he like was talking to somebody and he laughed. Mm-hmm. So you see him laughing, and then he comes to the microphone and he's all serious. Right. Mm-hmm. But to me, that seems like a perfectly understandable thing. Yeah. Like, if you go to a funeral, I mean, we've all been to funerals. Like people, people do just chat and they laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you don't spend your entire. He's a human being. Yeah, You're yeah, not it's crying twenty four seven. You get you, you get taken out of your head uh, <laughs> for a moment, yeah. and. Things feel like they're normal, and so you just talk and you you make yeah. a joke or whatever, and you laugh. Yeah, uh, and then you know you've got to go and stand in front of a microphone and talk about your dead daughter. But, cer- yeah. but certainly that that <laughs> is an extraordinary claim supported simply by a dude laughing. Yeah, I mean, it's, come on, it's ridiculous. But you re- you really, I feel like in that case, you have to think maybe of the consequence of oh, of making you. claims like that, right? Because I've heard that some of the Sandy Hook parents have been harassed have. so. So um, relentlessly that they've had to move around, yeah. they've had to mm-hmm. change their identity, or they couldn't even go visit, visit their, their grave. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah the people have been. They, they go up to them uh, and accuse them of being actors. And, Can you imagine? And shout about their dead children. Like, show me the show me the death certificate. They'll shout at them like for their dead children. And then imagine you're in grieving for your yeah. dead child, and you don't even get. You don't even get to have that. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad, and and that's one of the hardest uh, conspiracies for me to deal with. I originally didn't even want to talk about it because it was just you know these complete assholes making yeah. these ridiculous, really hurtful uh, conspiracies about people. Uh, something that made me uh, write more about it was the Boston Marathon bombing, because uh, my father-in-law was actually in the Boston Marathon mm. at the time, and he was just behind where the bomb went off. Mm. It was actually fairly close wow. uh, to, to the to the finish line at the time, so he could have actually been involved in it. So I kind of felt like I had a bit of a personal connection with that. And then people started saying the entire thing was fake, mm. and that uh, there was fake blood, and they used amputees and they whipped the legs off and you know, smeared, smeared mm. blood over over them. And it was just such a ridiculous thing. And I know what was the my father-in-law could have been killed. Mm-hmm. Sure, you had yeah. But what, what what is the explanation for that? Again, it, why 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 is someone faking the attack? <sighs> to what end? I don't really know what the Boston Marathon bombing thing. I, th- yeah. I suppose like because there were two Muslim uh, guys who did it, so it's trying to stoke up anti-Muslim uh, sentiment to justify wars and things like that, perhaps. Mm. But you, know, you can always come up with some reason, yeah. uh, some kind of I'm justification sure for your conspiracy theory, right? Chemtrails is one. You know, I started looking at chemtrails recently because in preparation for this, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that it was actually just referring to the condensation trail behind planes. Yeah. 
fish stick. And I was just flabbergasted. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm trying to, I was trying to put myself into their shoes. I think in L.A., where I've lived most of my life, the condensation path dissipates quicker, possibly. Because maybe where other where people live, it stays for longer. And I've seen images of yeah. skies where there's just tons and yeah, tons and tons. Mm -hmm. So I can see them maybe yeah. being more alarmed by every time they look in the sky, it's just airplane lines. Yeah, the patterns do vary a lot by location. Like here in LA, uh, we're very close to LAX, obviously, and Burbank. Uh, so the, most of the air traffic we see is actually fairly low. It's like planes landing. Mm. Uh, you don't get that I much see. overflight. Whereas if you look at somewhere like in the middle of the country, wow. you're in a big route between uh, LA and New York and, and then Florida and uh, Seattle. And mm -hmm. there's these crossroads in the, in the middle of the country. And there's these crossroads everywhere. It's not just in the middle of the country <laughs> yeah. where you get all these high flying planes. People say like, you know, I don't live anywhere near an airport and yet I see all these contrails. Mm -hmm. That's where you see most of the contrails <laughs> not near an airport. Yeah. So yeah, people just don't understand I, what they're seeing. Yeah, and I think because when I see people talking about it, they say like, "I see this in the in the sky more and more," and it freaks me out. It's because they're so looking. For I it. think I'm not, but I think I've never seen a sky like they have too. Not that I, not that, yeah. not that it's happening, but I'm trying to put the. No, it's true. You, you, yeah. you personally wouldn't have like living yeah. here. You don't mm -hmm. see that. You occasionally, like some of the biggest contrails you get in LA are actually flights from Hawaii, mm. like flying in and over the country, like flying overhead and. But the, a lot of them are just like fairly small planes. I mean, like here, for example, if this is what your sky looked like all the time, then it's certainly something I would think a lot more about yeah. than I do here in, in L.A. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a chemtrail. I think that's just a cloud. But yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's a lot going on here. I love those, by the way. <laughs> They're very cool. <laughs> they are very cool. I mean, the only ones I really see are from like the Air Force, really crazy ones. Yeah, the ones that go around in circles. You do actually see planes leaving circular contrails. I've seen them here, like over Catalina Island. Uh, Raytheon does test flights over there sometimes, and they fly around in these big oval shapes. Mm. So occasionally you'll see what looks like these really weird, suspicious contrails mm. like mm. over over the ocean, and people mm. will put photos of them up. But you know, we know what the plane is. You can actually look up the plane. A lot of the times, uh, you can you can use your phone. There's there's apps you can get for your phone, like Flight Rider 24. Mm. You can just install that, and then you just look at the sky. And it overlays what the planes are actually are mm -hmm. mm. Uh, on on your phone, so you can figure out very easily that it's just a regular passenger plane right. going from A to B. Yeah, I, that that one really shocked the hell out of me because I feel like it's pretty easily explainable that the fuel leaves off water. You're high up in the atmosphere. It's probably freezing, right? Like, what's the oh, process? Yeah, yeah, it yeah freezes it's, it's freezing. It's they're above thirty thousand feet, so the temperature is is like minus forty degrees. Yeah, um, and the exhaust basically it it freezes. It's a bit more complicated. It actually condenses out into tiny water droplets, mm. and then the water droplets freeze. Mm. Um, but that's what's happening. It's just creating a cloud, All right. and uh, it, it is exactly the same oh, physically a as, as a cloud. You're referring to mm. maybe. Yeah, uh, that's my site, controlscience.com. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my other site, Metabunk. <laughs> You're all so, over uh, these. A lot of the uh, the contrail stuff is. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, let's see. Where's that one? But also the the premise that that could you even from that high up like drop a meaningful amount of chemicals no, on a populace? Actually, there's a there's kind of a, a proof of chemtrails not existing, which is a little complicated. But you basically figure out how much a cloud weighs. Hmm. And clouds have a certain mass per per unit volume. So, like, so a cubic meter of a cloud weighs so much. Like, say, like you know, one gram or something hmm. of water. 
and you figure out uh, how big is this contrail. You've got a contrail that goes from horizon to horizon. That's like right. 100 miles long. Mm. And it's, it's going to be like a mile wide and like a fifth of a mile deep. And so you multiply all those things together and it gives you the volume. Then you multiply that by the, the mass of a cloud per unit volume. It tells you the mass of material that would be required to make that contrail. Mm -hmm. And it ends up being way, way, way more than the mass of a fully loaded plane. Mm. There's no way you could actually make that type of visible cloud by right. spraying stuff out of the back. Mm -hmm. yeah. The only way you can make it is by essentially triggering cloud formation uh, which then grows. Mm. So Interesting. the air uh, is uh, what they call ice supersaturated, mm. which means like clouds generally don't form, but if a cloud is created, it's going to stay there because there's, it's above this ice supersaturation level where the ice persists. Uh, so when you trigger the formation of a contrail, it's, it will actually grow and more ice are, are gets layered onto these ice crystals and so mm. they get thicker and thicker and eventually it becomes this thing that's uh, over a thousand times more water in it wow. than what came out of the plane. Interesting. How cool. So you, you would need a, a very big plane. Yeah, it's basically impossible. <laughs> yeah. you, you couldn't you couldn't do it at all because the plane <laughs> wouldn't be able to fly and and you, why, why would you don't need to because <laughs> yeah. it makes it anyway. It's, it's making well, it if you had brain controlled chemicals, you would probably just put it in the water supply. Why yeah, drop it out of the well? The theory is they're plane. using it to change the uh, the climate. Oh, that's that's a popular theory. The whole you know brain control thing is kind of a nineties. That's theory. strange. Okay, yeah. so why are they? So why are we changing the climate? Because it's too hot. It's too hot. Yeah. Oh, that seems like a good thing. <laughs> yes, it would be. What's the big secret? <laughs> yeah, the I'm not entirely sure. It's like they they because they're doing it secretly. Apparently, this is the, the <laughs> I theory. Is I that it's this covert geoengineering? Some people think that they're actually heating up the planet mm. to fake global warming. Okay. Uh, Some people think that they're trying to cool down the planet to fix global warming. Maybe they're doing both, and that's why we're not seeing yeah, much maybe of impact. Yeah, maybe competing. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, contrails do actually, uh, during the day, they will cool down the planet. Mm. Yeah, but at night, they warm it up because they act as an insulating blanket. Right. Uh, so certainly on, the effect of that on is average, negligible. On average, no, it's actually not. It's actually, it really? it's actually significant, and it's really? one of the things that the, uh, the IPCC, the International Planet, Planet Panel on Climate Change, they're actually concerned about this. Really? It, it's a, a little chunk of the, uh, the the factors that are raising the temperature. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So that's something that they're looking into, trying to have more contrails during the day and less contrails huh. at night as a way of actually helping. Huh. Interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, there's the, there's one other one that I'm seeing actually was suggested to us um, that the government has a cure for cancer and AIDS, mm -hmm. et cetera. It already exists, but it isn't made public because they're, they want people to die or there's too much money to be made in curing chronic diseases. Yeah. I well, obviously, there can't be any evidence <laughs> for that one. No, there is. There is yeah. There actually, there's, there's patents, patented cures for cancer. If you go to Google and search for patents, you will find things. And uh, there's a famous one. There's a, there's a number that they give. And they say, look up patent, something, something, something other. Mm. And it's got this, uh, this cure for cancer. Or it's actually, it's a cure for AIDS. Uh, but it's kind of this magic thing where little magic beams uh, zap your cancer molecules. And I did a, I did a whole piece on it on, on Metabank. But people think that they have these cures for cancer. There's really no evidence whatsoever that these cures exist. 
patents don't mean something works. Mm -hmm. A patent means sure. somebody Anyone had an idea. Yeah. yeah, and and the, the, is, the idea is if it worked, it would be great, mm -hmm. but you know, there's no actual evidence that this, this mm -hmm. thing works. And if you read the patents, it's just completely ridiculous. And if you know anything about cancer, you know that there are all different diseases that yeah. would require a different care. Yeah, and yeah, the, the idea that people would suppress a cure for cancer just to make a bit of that's for money. Evil. It, so is, dark. it is that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cancer is a horrible, horrible yeah. thing. But how many people are involved in researching and finding a cure for cancer and then collectively deciding yeah. to hide it? And yeah. it's not just, I mean, people have this perspective, I think, of America, but really you've got to think of the entire world. You know, right. the scientists around the entire world yeah. are, are searching for cures for cancer. And they're not all, they're, they're not all, conspiring to hide it they're actually yeah. looking for the cure and yeah. if it was there that they would uh, they would tell people about it and win the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> it would be the best thing ever if they found yeah, a cure yeah, for cancer it's a real dark reality I know it's so for weird. these people yeah which is that's, that's yeah. I think that's important to think when you when you think of these conspiratorial individuals that they really living in a dark paranoid awful world yeah. I believe that stuff yeah too. and that's partly why I try to help them you mm -hmm. bring people out of that and they can uh, see the light to a degree they can uh, improve their lives so i have one well one final question then before we go is um you know many many people report on the existence of ghosts and supernatural beings mm -hmm. um one i'm not a believer personally but one segment we do on this podcast is we'll ask our guests do you have any ghost stories or supernormal experiences and you'll find that a lot of people, a big, a big percentage of people, do have um, a story, a story or an incident, and they are strong believers in ghosts or UFOs or something. Mm -hmm. And these are these are people that are trustworthy people, people that we know, and they give they give yeah. earnest anecdotes of encountering something supernatural like that. So, how do we explain away this collective and earnest anecdotes of people that we trust? Well, these are people who had an experience that they can't explain. And uh, so for them, it's not too much of a reach for them to say, like, you know, I had this experience, like I talked to God or whatever, or I saw a ghost, and this happened to me. And for them, it's very, very real. Like I've had experiences which convinced me at the time that mm. I, I had supernatural powers. Mm. Like when I was younger, I, uh, I guessed two numbers in a, a school raffle, one after the other. Mm. And for years afterwards, I was convinced that I actually <laughs> did that, mm. that I actually like, you know, gave these numbers out. So I think it's very easy for someone to have an experience, not be able to understand exactly what happened and then just accept that there's, you know, some other explanation, some kind of, you know, possibly uh, supernatural explanation. And then they just go with that. And then it just becomes part of who they are over mm -hmm. the years. You tell it, you tell yeah, it. Yeah, you tell it. And you I really saw this it. ghost. I don't know what it was, but I saw this thing. Mm -hmm. I, I have uh, had experiences where I've, I've had hallucinations uh, at night. Um, my wife and I both have the same hallucination of spiders coming down from the ceiling. Mm. It's giant spiders coming down and like landing on the bed next to you and scurrying around uh and i could totally see if someone didn't understand that that was just this thing called i think it's a hypnogagic illusion no uh, i don't know it's just this thing that that just happens when you're falling asleep sometimes you see right. things mm. sure if you didn't understand that and you saw something that was particularly meaningful to you it's very very easy mm. to think that that was some kind of uh, mystical thing 
And you got to think a lot of people are religious as well. Yeah. A lot of people uh, believe in God, which is essentially a, a supernatural belief. So it's a very, very short step from mm -hmm. believing in like God to believing in Just say angels or spirits. Yeah. yeah, definitely. With the ghosts and the, and the religion. Yeah. yeah. Because you believe that there is some kind of afterlife, so right? Why not Someone ghosts? died, and they're still in it the very, room. It, it actually is probably the closest thing they'll find to um, verifiable evidence uh, to support their beliefs. Yeah, so it could be something that they view as a good thing because here's evidence that their faith is correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was kind of surprised when my dad passed away. How all the a lot of people in his family were saying, like, you know, for mm -hmm. he's still here, he can hear what you're saying, and like in the first year, he's still going to be here and, and right. only then they go away and like, mm. they all really believe that. That he's he's listening over them. Mm -hmm. Is that like, <laughs> I'm trying to get, wrap my head around this Israeli, <laughs> is this like a paranoid thing? Like don't say anything, he'll hear you? No, or like they say it thing? as like a wholesome yeah. thing. Yeah, a wholesome like, thing. Yeah. When you're missing him or during, like after he passed away, when people talk about him, or, you know, they're mm. like, He's still with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very religious people. Yeah. Well, it comforts people, I, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice to think that because, you know, when someone dies, it's very, very you, hard and yeah. you prefer and you to think about it. you don't want to think that that's just it. Yeah. yeah. Finally, what can we do as individuals, as people, to protect ourselves from conspiratorial thinking? Uh, you need to have an open mind. Now, I think a lot of people who believe in conspiracy theories think that they have an right. open mind. Because they're very open to these alternatives. How do you tell the difference between an open mind and a conspiratorial open mind? Yeah, if you are a if you are a conspiratorial open mind, that means you're basically rejecting everything on the other side, and you're only listening to one side. You've really got to watch out for if you're just getting your information from one source. Mm -hmm. In short, maybe you don't trust other sources. Maybe you don't trust the mainstream media, but you've got to at least look at them mm -hmm. so you know what the other side of the story is. Don't just look at, you know, Alex Jones or whatever it is that you're looking at. Look at, um, you know, Snopes. Even if you think Snopes is government disinformation, read what it says. Check it for yourself. Look at the Wikipedia articles. All the Wikipedia articles that got references, you can go through these references. You can check them for yourself. Mm. If you're doing a search for something, don't just search for things that confirm it. Search for things that try to debunk it or mm. things that try to explain it. And give those a go. Look at them. Mm. Don't you don't have to believe them from the start, but you can at least look at them. Be aware mm. of all sides of the argument, so you mm -hmm. can make an informed decision rather than just listening to one side of the mm. argument. Mm. There you have it. Yeah. That's fair enough. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a great uh, conversation. I thank you so much for coming here. Thank you. Very I, much. I really yeah, enjoyed that. Me too. Yeah. Um, once again, guys. Check out Mick's book, Escaping the Rabbit Hole, on Amazon, and of course his podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole. Right. We've got websites that we've just found on Google Image Search. Yeah, Metabunk. Metabunk.com. Yeah, and, and Contrail Science. Contrails, which is dedicated to chemtrails. Yep, and contrails. And contrails, <laughs> specifically. Because contrails are fun. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we're back on Friday as usual. The Gatsby is arriving tomorrow, <laughs> which is a mobility scooter we bought. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. yeah. Yes. That looks like fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot to look forward to on Friday. <laughs> anyway, guys, hope you have a great week. We'll see you then. Ta-ta. Thanks for watching. <laughs>